This is the Eat, Sleep, and Leap Repeat podcast, your weekly AEW review and breakdown. And Charlie, we are not in Chicago anymore. Da Vinci? We are not. My God. <laughs> My God. Were those some loud reactions? That's, I was just going to jump into that because probably not going to spend too much on it when we go to that main event. You know, like, so let's just talk about it now. What was your first reaction to seeing the reaction to CM Punk as soon as he came out, uh, not in Chicago this time? It was pretty wild. Yeah, I mean, you know, because we've been we've been seeing these pro these previews and this and that, and you know, sometimes when people start to see him Punk chanting in an arena, this is going you know past couple months, it'll get booed out of the building, you know, and you'll see certain things, and I'm like, we just gotta wait and see until he's not in Chicago, and holy fuck. Not only this did they boo him out of the building, but they kept that heat the entire fucking match, and that is truly something special. That's the kind of shit that's going to keep his matches even more interesting than they already will. Oh, yeah, because, you know, cause CM Punk, unlike, and I'll just be honest, unlike Cody, is willing to lean into that, you know, like, not to shit on Cody, but he didn't. Yeah, but exactly, Cody just wasn't, it, you know? he didn't want to do it. He didn't want to turn. I mean, that's fair. I'm just saying, oh. if he had... If he had balls, if he had, um, if he had some balls, um, then he would have just leaned into it. Cause like, it's a, I, you know why I say that, Charlie? Cause this is a, something that I think that as wrestlers, they both know that it's way easier to lean into something that they're giving you already, whether or not you agree with the reason why, like, than to try and like go against that. Cause you're fighting an uphill battle, right? Like, and now you have to try and create something that they're going to also like, you're just shooting yourself in the foot, in my opinion, because like, you're saying, nope, I'm refusing to do what yeah. um, you want me to do, and I'm going to make you like something else instead. And it's going to make them reject that wholesale. So that's just my opinion. You know, like, um, that I remember I didn't say that on the pod at the time about the Cody stuff because there were a lot of rumors about him leaving. So I didn't want to, like, kick the guy while he was possibly, like, leaving, you know, like, be like, ah, fuck you on the way out, you know, like, wasn't really my whole thing. But I don't know. It's It's fascinating. It's really interesting to see where they go with it because... I mean, Punk could lean into it, but they haven't done anything to like kind of suggest that really at all. Everything, including the match against Kojima at the pay-per-view, they kind of leaned babyface with them. So, I mean, he's leaned into the heel wrestling stuff because, you know, you got to let the crowd get their reactions in and stuff. Yeah. But I think for the most part, they're still framing him as a babyface. So we'll have to see where that goes. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. yeah. It's going to be a... I'm excited to see, like you just said, I'm excited to see where it goes. Because now, you know, as of we're recording this, Forbidden Door has happened. So, some stuff might, we saw with Kojima. He was able to keep Kojima the complete babyface the entire match. Mm -hmm. So, it's going to be something I'm really excited to see develop even further. It certainly will be a test of CM Punk's ability to, like, both, like, work a story where he's going to probably be framed as babyface. While also doing it with the crowd, like booing him out of the building, I, I think it's gonna be interesting. Like, like I said, that's why it might just be easier just to go with it, you know. Yeah. But uh, that being said, let's uh, you know, let's get into everything else. And before we do that, there's a couple of orders of business I want to take care of at the top of this podcast here, which is uh, first of all, you can follow us on Twitter if this is your first time listening to the pod. I'm at Bane Duke. That's P N E D U K E, and Charlie's at O Charlie with an X instead of an A. And uh, also, you can follow us at Eat Sleep Elite if you want to join our community of people on Twitter. Shout outs to uh, 
the friend the uh do you have the name off the top of your head joe that let us know yes um, uh thunder cheese let us let us know our forbidden door review was uploaded and it only uploaded our uh media here Hello. yeah so i mean it's a good intro but i don't think that was what people were looking for um <laughs> i was like oh yeah, my um, god yeah, thank you for that <laughs> it, it uh <laughs> i don't know <laughs> just came from the top of my head all right um it was no it was, it was um yeah but it happened so there we are and you can also um follow you on whatever podcast platform you happen to be listening to this on it's like spotify apple podcast google podcast whichever podcast platform you happen to be tuning in on make sure you hit that follow button slash subscribe button the button that lets me get that podcast in your feed every week so you never miss an episode and make sure you give us those five star frog splash reviews all right and also if you want to throw a question in those reviews and we're happy to answer there you can throw us one on twitter you could tweet it at us. You could DM it to us. You could, uh, I don't know what else you could do. You could probably honestly come into my Twitch chat and ask a wrestling question and I would answer it, which is at Twitch TV slash the Duke of Derps. So, um, which I'm doing party week right now. Um, so if you want to come in and join in any of the fun, feel free. Charlie will actually be on there, uh, tomorrow. So that'll be really fun. Um, uh-huh. yeah, we'll be playing some, uh, some Fortnite. That'll be really fun. Um, anyway. Um, I don't think I missed anything, Charlie. I think, I think I got through it all. I think, I yep, think, think I missed anything. Uh, yep. All right. Cool. 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 All right. So that being said, then that takes us straight to our favorites this week, which, uh, given that it is, I don't even remember if I have odds or evens. I think it's, I have evens, right? Or no, I have odds. Fuck. I don't remember. You have odds. Have, correct. Okay. Cool. All right. <laughs> Clearly I know what I'm doing. All right. Um, and, uh, I actually kind of went back and forth between a couple of different matches this week. Like there were some really fun matches that I felt like deserved to be talked about. Um, but there was also like an insane amount of like new Japan talent and various other th- things on different shows. So it's kind of like, it's kind of like, um, hard to choose honestly like especially like imagine if you had to choose like from forbidden door like what your favorite was this week like (laughs) like like no anyway um so we had a really really fun match between swerve strickland and hiroshi tanahashi this week and uh first of all it's just like it's super surreal seeing um tanahashi on uh collision because like we've been watching everything he's been doing recently pretty much and uh and so it's like, he's got this like God status in Japan for being the ace, you know, like, and it's cool to see that translate in America or whatever. But I think the coolest thing to me is just seeing him on American TV. It's just kind of a wild thing, you know, like you just never thought you'd really see it regularly. Like, like we've seen it twice now, like once last year when they made the appearance and, uh, I think just, it just adds a different people. energy. Agree. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. And he's also just like, so over, you know, so. Um, and Nigel was super great on commentary here, putting over all of Hiroshi Tanahashi's achievements. Um, I, I noticed like off rip the lockup that they hit, like when they, when they locked up the first lockup looked so goddamn clean. And it's just one of those things that not everybody in wrestling does perfect and does well. And like a lot of wrestlers will comment like that. This really, you know, that they'll know from the first lockup sometimes whether or not somebody's good is like when they first lock up with you, you can tell. So I look at them a lot of times. I'm like, okay, does it look like, stiff does it look it does it look tense does it look like they're actually locking up with each other because sometimes it's just like oh we're just gonna touch each other in the shoulders and or however like however they hold when they lock up like that you know what i mean and or it's gonna do that and it's, you know we're kind of limp-handed and who really cares if we actually do this you know like we're only doing it for like half a second anyway you know? i don't know that's just something i noticed um 
And I, I genuinely think this is like the best commentary duo in, um, in pro wrestling right now. Like I kept writing that throughout. Um, and I'll just like go through the things that I, I said about them throughout the show, like really quickly, which was, um, I just, I'll go to what I put at the last match, which I won't say what it was in reference to, but, um, they, they had something to add about like every match and pretty much every move in every match. It was pretty crazy. Like, um, yeah. which like, again, like it, they're two really experienced commentators, but also like not everybody sounds that good. I don't know. Anyway, I'm um, no, you're on. I a hundred percent agree because to me, just certain things you can tell they're still feeling out each other. Right. Cause it's yeah, hopefully it's the first two weeks of, you know, many to go. And I just, I gotta tell they're just so, they add so much to every little thing. And yeah, I mean, even, this is could be Kevin Kelly's first time watching Powerhouse Hobbs. He put him over like a million bucks. I mean, I it was it was really special, <laughs> you know. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, I actually thought, I and mean, I, I guess this makes sense if you if you know about Swerve's wrestling style. Um, his his style felt like it really matched the New Japan style of wrestling, the hard hitting style, really well. Um, um, oh my god, there was a, a punch or a fist, whatever you want to call it, from Swerve to Tanahashi at one point. They just went crack. Like, oh my god. He like, I don't know what happened there, but he connected. You know what I mean? Like, god damn. Um, he cracked, and Tanahashi you know? just took it. What a tough dude. He was just like, eh. you know? Headshot. Literally. I mean, oof. anyway. Um, and might then, have been the best use we've had of that yet. <laughs> literally. Um, Swerve faked low and went high, and then it turned to the swerve stop. I'm just going through like the ending sequence of the match here. Jammed the knee into an and he got hit with another swing blade, a sling blade by Tanahashi, who had hit one previously to try to set up a high fly flow. And got hit with the high fly flow. Um and Tanahashi kicks up the win. And uh via video, MJF then goes on to make an appearance on collision for the first time to basically say that Tanahashi's gonna embarrass him. He's you know, he's Got on, he's not on the level of the devil, that whole thing, you know? Yeah. Um, our MJF so, yeah. monologue. Yep. There you go. Which he should, I, I wish he'd actually physically appeared on collision. Obviously they didn't, that he didn't want to clearly, you know, like, so, um, whatever, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. Um, but I still like that he made an appearance on all four shows this week. It was pretty cool. You know, um, well, I guess not all four. I don't think he made a ring of honor appearance. Right. But, um, but everything else, obviously, that's AEW, you know what I mean? So that's pretty cool to see him see him pop up everywhere. So what did you think of this match, Charlie? I, I really, like I said, I really enjoyed it. It was really fun. Just crazy having Tanahashi just wrestling a match on Collision, you know? Like, what? Yeah, Um. God, oh, when this match was announced, I was like, all right, here we fucking go. You know, we're we're ready to see more Swerve in the spotlight. He had the Orange Cassidy match, which I, I still contend. I, I would like to see what would have happened if he won the title. You know, I don't. I'm not in love with Swerve losing, but it's the Hiroshi Tanahashi. It's the someone going for our AEW World Championship. It, if there's anyone to lose to, you know what I mean. It's not a bad. It's not a bad deal. Yeah. Um, even a year apart from last year, you can see Tanahashi's knees kind of just. Oh yeah, he's more and more going yeah. on him. Every time he looks to start running, it looks like it hurts him almost. Mm-hmm. And I hope that's not the case. I hope it's just a visual thing and it's not actually hurting him. Yeah, because I mean, we know how it is he in has Japan. been doing they'll, this a while. Keep going, and in like some of the greatest of all times, you know, they've gone until they quite literally died in the ring. So yeah. you know, you you don't want to 
have that situation. Um, so if, if this could be our last Tanahashi, you know, match on AEW TV we ever get before, you know, he brings it up. Who knows when that's going to happen? But yeah, that's um, true. Swerve fucking saved his ass big time here. A he went for the uh, his high fly flow and he slipped. And Swerve, the professional that he is, jumps up, fucking starts punching on him to get give him another shot to hit the hit the move, and mm-hmm. he ends up hitting the maneuver. Um, I thought a commentary again did a fun part playing that up because they were like, "Well, these are not the same turnbuckles that we have." In New oh Japan. yeah, that was smart. So yeah. you know he's not used to this because that. <laughs> I mean, that's probably a shoot, honestly, bro. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean, like probably they probably is. do feel different if you if you're used to a certain kind. You know what I mean? Like, but I imagine they do. It goes back to um, even at uh, Resurgence this year, where it was the the show in February in San Jose, Tanahashi faced Okada. And we're like, you know what? Even though it's it, – Tanahashi can basically walk in his sleep and kind of give you like a, a four out of five match, right? He he can give you a match that you're going to enjoy. Yeah, he's just had so many good matches with so many different people he at has. this point. That, yeah, like and he I, can thought, just I thought he was selling for out. Swerve so great. Oh, yeah. I mean, so – yeah, I thought it made everything I think that's the good. best thing he does for current New Japan talent. It's not like we expect Tanahashi to win most of the matches he gets booked in in the heavyweight division over there. He's usually there to put somebody over that's that's on the way up toward yeah. either Okada Even or at Dominion, like how, how great he made Shota look. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, I'm with you. I enjoyed this match. It was one of my uh, top three, top four favorites of this week. And that that should let you know. It was a really good week. So, jumping into mine. It's someone we kind of fell in love with a little bit during the, the uh, best of Super Juniors this year. That was Doki. We had in the main event of the Doki Rampage, Jack Perry defeat Doki, who was out there with Yoshinobu Kanemaru. Um, the crowd was having fun with him. Uh, we want Dookie, not Jack Chance. They chanted, holy Dookie. They, they were having fun with his name, which, you know, I'm sure he has fun with. He doesn't mind it. Um... I gotta tell you, I thought these guys went and did the damn thing. Jack Perry now, as of Forbidden Door, we know he's a heel, and he worked as a heel in this match. This was the beginning of it. I mean, he's, he started kind of embracing the booze. Not to the full extent he did, you know, beating the shit out of Hook and mocking his chant, but... Yeah, uh, I thought... I just thought these two had some really good chemistry together, and, you know, Doki's one of those guys where... I, he is more of the future of junior heavyweight division in New Japan Pro Wrestling. And the fact that we can establish kind of a base here of main eventing one of our shows against one of our top talents in Jack Perry, because AEW clearly sees him as a top talent. He is in the top 10, you know, they're putting it, they put him against Sonata, for example. So they see him as one of their top guys and we put Doki in the position. Well, I was position. thinking about that. Think about that. That's like a, almost like, Putting like Doki on that level, almost. You know what I mean? Like, yes, agreed. Like, like I, maybe I, a world title contender level. That's pretty crazy. You know what I mean? Like, it it really is. And which is great. For him, match, we we like him. You know, like we like that guy. Yeah, and the story here was, you know, you like that. Sonata Sonata doesn't watch, or uh, Jack Perry doesn't watch Sonata, so he doesn't know him. You know, you know who this guy is. No, 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 no. That's not the case. They were even kind of mentioning, you know, we've seen this guy. Watching wrestling on his phone. No, who is this guy? Who is this Jack Perry? And he ends the match by hitting Sonata's finisher. The skull end taps Doki out. So the crowd, uh, 
they went, you know, <laughs> they're booing Jack Perry all match. And we end up closing the show with Sonata making an entrance in AEW. You know, he's there with his just five guys, brethren that are out there. And God, he looks incredible in that suit with the uh, fucking belt. Sonata looks like a legit world champion. He, he I've mentioned really this does. before, but if, if you were to go to the eighties and pick a wrestler that looks like a world champion, you you might be picking Sonata. I mean, he's literally, fucking, especially he's Japanese built for it. Oh my God. Like, holy shit. So, that'd be, uh, that'd what be. did you think of this? And, uh, you know, this was kind of our first match seeing the Jack Perry heel. He, he, this was the first time we've seen him embrace it. So, uh, yeah, no, it was, it was, I, especially like, because I kind of did the retroactive, like I saw it after I saw the heel turn. So I was like, okay, um, like that makes sense. Uh, now that I see that, like I wasn't even expecting it, which is why I was really surprised. It just still was surprising. I don't think anyone thought he was going to fully go there. I think in your head, this is setting up that he's going to be the heel in that match against Sonata, which doesn't necessarily mean he's going to be a heel going forward. Um, but then that's the direction that they obviously ended up deciding to go. So, um, it, it works really nice retroactively now. If you do go back, if there ever there's a streaming service and you go back and you want to see, well, what, what was the start? When did Jack really start to turn before he like actually attacked Hook? You know, um, and you can actually go back and like plot that now. So, <clears throat> um, Jericho pointed out that the, uh, the, the Mexico, Japan, like, um, like combo, the combo of having done your excursion in Mexico after being a Japanese trained wrestler can be a really, really cool combo. Yeah. Um, which that's true. That's, that's actually, we've seen how many guys in that tournament were that exact thing. And we had, uh, you know, we had, and even Yoki, our most obviously. recent Yoda Suji. We're yep, going to see Suji. how that develops with his style. We, uh, who was the other one? Um, I think Bushi. Teton, Bushi. right? Bushi, T- yeah, Teton. Yeah, Teton, I mean, he, I think he normally wrestles in Japan. And then, yeah, Bushi also did his excursion in Mexico. Or, I mean, I meant to say Mexico, he usually wrestles. And then, yeah, right. Yoda Suji now being our latest example. And, you know, we'll yeah, see so. who, who the future resides and, and who's going to do it. It's always, it's going to be something now even more so to keep an eye on because I got to tell you, you know, the Doki Choki is one of those things that we like to have fun with. Uh-huh. But it's legit. This no, guy it's a good can move. go. When he, when he, dude, they built it up so well in that tournament. When he finally hit, he only hit it once and successfully, I should say. Yeah. He only successfully hit it once and it was in a big match that ended up getting him closer to the final. So, which he didn't we, end up making, but it was huge for him. Like, I, I really think since double or nothing and even right before when we had the Roosh match, Jack Perry has been stepping up his game. Revolution. He had that really good match with Christian. That was like a fucking, in early 2000s, like, kind of hardcore yeah. match in a way. Yeah, yeah, honestly. He had that match. The Roosh match where we see a different side of him where he's just getting his fucking ass beat. They're going for sympathy. You The double or nothing match, which is fun in itself. And then post that, we get the Texas Tornado match, right? That was fun with Hook. Where are we going from there? We're back in the singles division. And I thought he put up another good fight here. So I, I, I actually like this match more than the Sonata match. I think that's fair. The Shinada match was just, I don't know. You know it's what I realized? all the right notes for me in the, like the perfect amount of time. That's true. Um, do you know what I realized though while watching this match, Charlie? And What's uh, that? I, I hate to have to say it, but I think I fucking despise, I think I'm just over Jungle Boy. I think I'm done with him. Um, I just have no patience for him anymore. Like, um, I just feel like he is put on this pedestal and he is not as good as they make him out to be. Like, I'm I'm just saying that because 
this didn't feel like I feel like I liked the match. Yeah. And I liked Sonata coming out. But because Jack doesn't like go out there and tell me how he's feeling and what he's thinking, you know what I mean? Like, oh, just yeah. don't care. I'm just no, like, oh, he, he Jack's getting to- another opportunity to another title he probably doesn't deserve. Great. You know? He needs to cry. He- I believe it was today, uh, Tuesday, that they announced Jack is going to have a promo segment, an open segment tomorrow. This is going to, it's going to be telling for all of us. Cause I, I know what you mean by that. Like, and by the way, I'm not shitting on Jungle Boy. I, I am a little bit, but like, I'm not trying to just, you know, crap on Jungle Boy, but I think I, I think I would, I think if, if he would, if he just, and I don't even care. Like, let's draw, let's, let's, let's assume that like all that BS about him cutting promos is not even true. And it's because I would honestly not be shocked if uh, some wrestler that wants his spot circulated that in the media to try and get him like yeah. in trouble backstage, you know, like, cause I, cause I, I, or something or try and get him like to look bad to the public or something. You know what I mean? Like, because like, this is, if I, I find it difficult to believe that you give this guy this many opportunities and that's his attitude. I think they don't trust him to do it. And I think that's the problem, you know? So I think that's, I agree with you. I think this is super important because like, I, I like the guy, but he will never be able to be a world champion if he cannot carry a story on his own. Oh, he needs to evolve his character. I a thousand percent agree like this. I, I, that was something I was really worried about post double or nothing. And, you know, we saw the jungle hook thing and I, I was, you know, like I said, I, I thought the match itself was awesome. But Preston Vance and Hook were the main focal points of that match. Like, undoubtedly, it was those two. So, yeah, yeah. Um, we really need to see, you know, where he's going to take it from here because he needs to, uh, he needs to step up to the level that they've given him. The amount of time, I mean, Jack's only 26 years old still. And he's featured more than most wrestlers in the company, and that's that's just straight up. So, and I and I think that's my problem is like as uh, like maybe in my head I'm like I'd rather other people would get that TV time that are actually going to maybe use it a little bit more to like try and get themselves over. But obviously those people aren't doing it either, so there's no real legs for me to stand on there. I guess you know, like yeah, we just we got a big he's got a big make or break segment for him uh, this coming dynamite. Yeah, so it'd be super. So when you tune into that segment tomorrow, everybody, like be be like that. You should be like focused in because like that's gonna be super. That's gonna be. I feel like the crowd's gonna be like locked in during that segment because everyone's gonna be like, I'd love to see a whole new presentation for him. Ooh, I, that I leather like jacket. That. I mean, you you pull something off with that. He he only ran it a little bit with uh, Christian and, and Lucha Soros, but. Yeah, speaking of that, we got some news. All right, we don't have a crazy amount, but we got some that'll uh, definitely pique some interest. My uh, Dark Order fan casting is officially dead. If you guys have been following for some time now, you know. Excuse me, my my two pitches to the Dark Order were Griff Garrison and Fuego del Sol. I thought they could both el- they're both completely different wrestlers. I thought they could elevate their stock within the team. I just thought Fuego fit the, I thought Fuego specifically fit the Dark Order so well. That is uh, no longer the case. Fuego del Sol has announced he is leaving AEW. Uh, he said, hello world, as of July 1st, my time with Holiday Wrestling has come to an end, and I will officially become a free agent. However, 
I am proud to say that I've been cleared to return to the ring from injury and am now accepting bookings any and everywhere. So he thanked the AEW roster and all those who work backstage. He said he made some friendships during his time that will last forever, and he wanted to thank all the fans for their support. Fuego Del Sol is only 27 years old, right? I I believe, you know, we've seen this more. We've seen this in the past. Uh, Alan Angels, specifically. He was very young. He leaves AEW, and he's got opportunities elsewhere. We saw him in Impact, right? We saw him wrestling all over the fucking West Coast. Some guys that don't even get signed that we're fans of, like Anthony Green, they wind up in the biggest faction in fucking Noah, and they're constantly wrestling over there, Japan. I mean, you just never know. Um, Sign Anthony Green, TK. You know, Fuego being on a two-year contract, it, it makes sense that it's come to an end. This, this seems right. Um, yeah, there was never anything for him to do on the main show except yeah. lose. And exactly. The most interesting stuff he ever did was his little mini feud within the feud between Sammy and Miro, right? Like, so, you know, like, which was good. I mean, he was good in that. I actually genuinely, I didn't believe he was going to win, but I actually genuinely believed like he was a legit wrestler in that moment when we were watching that unfold, you know, like, yeah. Um, even though I didn't think he was, <laughs> he ever had a chance, you know, but like, either way, you know, like, Oh, God, that was a weird story, wasn't it? Because then Sammy ended up going on to face him because of his friend. Like, that was that was a weird story. I mean, it was good that Sammy won the title, but it was really weird. But, um, yeah, hopefully, um, you know, Fuego could honestly, this is going to sound absurd. He could land in NXT. That's not unrealistic. Like, Yeah, I, he could. I mean, he's got some name recognition now, too. Especially so. the 2.0 NXT. Yeah, and I, I think, I think the biggest mistake that they did with Fuego was never pairing him up just straight up as a tag team with Sammy. I, I think he, sh- I mean, Sammy obviously got the appreciation society. So that was always going to be bigger for him than if they just ran him and his buddy and maybe ran the vlog squad kind of under a separate gimmick. Cause that would have given Griff and Aaron Zolo also some, sh- some spotlight too. So, you know, I just think for Fuego, him never truly being a tag team with Sammy. Just fucking, it, it hurt him bad. Remember, we got that live mic calling out Malachi Black and got fucking kicked in the head. That was that was pretty funny, but yeah, that was pretty good. Yeah, that's about it for uh, that's about it for Fuego. So, wish him the best of luck and uh, hope he lands on his feet. All Out has officially been announced for Chicago. The Now Arena for Wednesday will do Dynamite and Rampage. The United Center Saturday will do Collision, and the United Center Sunday will do All Out a week from All In. This was. Something we'd heard about for forever. So it's not really a surprise, but it's nice to know that it's officially official, right? <laughs> yeah, yes. The AW Fight Forever uh, roster has officially been released. And, you know, I didn't want to go through every fucking name in the book, but there are some cool names that uh, stick out to me. And, you know, Yuka Sakazaki being on the game is awesome. I thought, uh, Cody Rhodes as well. That's pretty cool. And then, you know, we, we know we have Mr. Brody Lee. Aubrey Edwards is actually a playable character. So maybe there's more to her having that match than we realized. If that was the case, that kind of makes some sense now. Um, Abaddon's in the game, you know, and then pretty much everyone else that you'd expect. Uh, FTR, Keith Lee, the bunny hook and Dan Housen are all some TLC. So yeah. Damn. How did the bunny end up as a DLC character? Tough. That I don't know. 
So, okay. Adam you know Cole. what? No, you know what? You know what? No, that's probably just a smart decision business-wise because she's actually a superstar that is known and people like her and people liked her when she was in Impact as Allie, you know what I mean? So, yeah. Uh, yeah, it, it makes sense actually. It's like you would you put only the new most recent acquisitions as that right? Yeah, but like FTR, I understand why they put FTR behind that because one of the best tag teams in the world, maybe the best tag team in the world. Everyone wants to play as them, you know what I mean? Like FTR my throat's apparently trying to keep me so from saying we got it. By, some, uh, ending the my, last ending little bit of news here that we'll go through before we jump into some uh, Ring of Honor, Dynamite, Rampage, and Collision uh, kind of results for you is some of the scrum notes. The Forbidden Door scrum. Oh shit, I forgot to watch this. So Sting and Darby Allen were up first. Um, main takeaway here is when asked, Sting said he didn't see himself retiring in London. Again, red herring. Who knows? I don't fucking know. Chris Jericho uh, hit a baseball, used his baseball bat, cracked a water bottle, actually hit someone. Um, so they ended up setting a match for uh, uh, Dynamite on that. Will Ospreay was up. Khan said his the match against Ospreay and Omega was one of the greatest matches I've ever seen. Uh, Will Ospreay said he felt like the world's eyes were on him for the first match, and it felt like it again tonight. Ospreay noted that he felt his body was breaking down, and as a result, would likely wrap up doing independent dates this year. Um, named Mirafuji as an opponent he'd like to face and that the ball is in Noah's court as far as getting it done. And then he said, regarding All In, he says he's wrestling Shingo Takagi the day before Rev Pro. Says he'd love to, but it doesn't work here. It's down to Tony, but he'd love to work something out. Tony Storm so he's up. Say, so he's saying <clears throat> right now he's not planning on it because he's already got a match the day before, but he will do it if Tony works something out is what he's saying, basically. Yeah, I- I'm thinking they already got that locked in. Yeah, that yeah. must be right. Yeah, he's got one of the odds he's wrestling the same in weekend. He's yeah. wrestling in England, you know, the day before. Yeah. Tony Storm's up. The main quote here, she said she would like to face Stardom's Julia so she could, quote, slap the tits off of her. Hell yeah. Brian Danison was up. We learned about an injury. Said he was out likely six to eight weeks. He thought broke the forearm. Said it was an elbow where he protect himself. Called it a freak accident. He mentioned EC as a possible opponent in the future, saying it made him mad when he defeated Wheeler Yuta, Wheeler Yuta at Forbidden Door. We now know since the scrum, Ishii's facing Moxley on Dynamite, which was supposed to be Danielson. Fucking pain. Says he didn't want to follow Omega Osprey, but he has to put that aside. Um. He mentioned wanting to work the G1 tournament or for Defy Wrestling, but asked himself, is it worth the risk? So he's probably, you know, he's questioning a little bit now following that injury. He's probably, you know. He's like, do I just work AEW dates? It's similar to the Will Ospreay thing. He's probably thinking the same thing. Do I I work these dates that I want to work because I want to wrestle more and wrestle against some of these people I want opportunities against, you know? Um, So they kind of kept. Yeah, very true. So they kind of kept poking the bear, asking him, you know, did the injury change the last 10 minutes? And he said, eventually it did. It did change kind of the last minutes of the match. I mean, it, you know, they obviously kind of had to. <laughs> Funny enough, watching it, I couldn't tell. I thought it was a genuinely, I thought he was, I thought he was working the entire he, it's time. It's like, it'd be like if, it, it, honestly, Zack Sabre Jr. probably do the exact same thing. Cause like he, they're just so good at the submission game that you just don't know whether or not they needed to do that or if it was intentional to try and build up the finish. But either way, it works out. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Um, so they asked him about All In. He said he praised Zack Sabre Jr. And, and Will Ospreay, but also mentioned other people in AW such as Darby Allen, Orange Cassidy, and Pack. He also said a second match with Omega hasn't taken place yet either. 
Now Dick. that would be a hell of a match as well if if they can't get the uh, the third in the trilogy. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then, yeah, Tony Khan was just talking. This broke the biggest gate in AEW's history. Um, they asked him about Adam Cole. He said, Adam Cole came sick today with a fever, sent him home. Tom Lawler is available. They'll likely try and do the match again. He put over Tom Lawler as a great personality and a wrestler. So um, they asked him about CM Punk's line about being a, quote, collision guy. Khan said there was no hard roster split, and you'll never know where you'll see Punk. Good. Regarding the final countdown. He says it was a one-night-only deal. He said, like Daniel said to mention earlier in the scrub, was very expensive. Khan said the deal was, quote, as expensive as a wrestler's contract. That is awesome. However, he teased that he could use it one more time in the future. He's, he also said the rights are in perpetuity, so it can be used in AEW's video library. Oh, that's cool. So, yeah, really cool stuff there. And that's it from the scrum that we had. So... Yeah, some just some cool cool little notes that we had in there. But um all right. You're up to bat here. So you're gonna be taking it away where you're gonna be covering we got some Ring of Honor Honor Club episode. Hold on, let me just make sure I have the right number here. Wait, did they not have it on this article? Hold on. I, I have seventeen in my notes. I think that's right. I think that's right. It's either seventeen um, or fourteen. I don't know. No, it's seventeen. We're we're at least six because I was surprised. I was like sixteen last week, but yeah, anyway. Um, but yeah, no, we've had 17 weeks of Ring of Honor already. It's crazy, you know? Like, we're cruising. Um, speaking of, uh, crazy things to just throw on the beginning of a random Ring of Honor, well, uh, jo- Joseph from Samoa got presented with a new championship. Um, yeah, so opened up the show and it's Tony Khan and Stokely and Jerry Lynn standing with Samoa Joe. So it's the Ring of Honor. What are they called? Like the, the booking committee or something Board like that? Board of Directors, I believe. Board of Directors, that's right. The Board of Directors presented him with a new championship um, to commemorate his long time as uh, champion currently, um, which Charlie, I think, based on this, I think he's probably breaking that record too, you know? It's um, kind of crazy how long he's been fucking champion. It doesn't feel like but that. he also hasn't really defended it that much. Let's be real. Like, I mean, I don't know how well, many since, times. But, but since Ring of Honor's come to TV, it's been a lot, you know? Oh yeah, absolutely, and that's I he I think he even said that in an interview at some point or something or in, on TV like you know if if we were doing more shows I would obviously be defending it more but um you know there's like four freaking TV titles that needed to be defended on TV when they only had two hours of of TV to get it in usually you know like so um I mean you have Rampage but Rampage baby but you know but whatever and then we uh, went straight into a really really fun match to open the show so that's <laughs> like when I I was like all right cool so, so Joe got his title and I I don't I don't really usually look at the Ring of Honor cards because I'm just like eh. you know if I see a match or something I'm like okay like sometimes you'll see something scrolling on Twitter like oh that's going to be happening on Ring of Honor that's cool you know like to be open Tony for the surprise a little bit you know Mhm and uh we had the Lucha Bros Vikingo uh, sorry, El Hio de Vikingo and Commander taking on Kip, Butcher, Blade, and Serpentico. And um, I like the I, I like this new presentation they're going with with Commander recently. I do I dig it. I dig the music. It's probably just whatever he does over in AAA. I'm guessing. You know what I mean? Um, but it, it really works. Like I really like the song and really like how they're doing his presentation. Uh, Serpentico got some offense. Shock of all shocks, he's actually wrestling Charlie. Holy shit! Um, I was down then, for it though. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. He no, he's good. Like it's funny we we joke about Sermentico being the guy that loses to everybody, but like he literally is genuinely a good luchador. Like he just it, like remember it was during a match with these other guys with the Vikingo and Commander. I think it was against Vikingo, and they just started going nuts. And they did a little bit of that in this match, you know. 
Um, they started doing like all the lucha spots, and I think Vikingo was just like, "Bro, are we having like a match in Mexico right now? Like, what the fuck?" You know, like anyway. Um, but yeah, so just really fun stuff there. They did a four way like hamstring stretch type submission thing, which was <laughs> really funny, you know. Like, um, and then uh, I think Penta hit a Canadian destroyer into it or something. Like, just a wild like just. Yeah, you know, you know ten man tag match to open the show with some flippy shit and a fear factor for the win. Um, Gringo Loco, who again, one of my favorite additions to Ring of Honor that just came out of nowhere from AAA. You know, like took on Willie Mac. So this is Big Meat Lucha, Charlie. That's what I called this. Um, we got some <laughs> rum shaker. Um, the crowd was with the show. like honestly, this show being oh, it's something I meant, I meant to say too. The being, this being in the United Center on the collision set made Ring of Honor look so much more legit, Charlie. It made it look so good. Like, um, obviously, it's not going to be like that every week, but the fact that it's going to be in front of a crowd in a building like yeah. this, and the fact and that Collision like, has those red ropes, it fits very well mm-hmm. with Ring of Honor. Yes, yes, a hundred percent. It probably helps with ring setup too. Let's be real, you know, because I don't have to change the ropes, uh, the tape on the ropes or whatever, like they would have to for um. You know, if they were doing like Rampage or whatever, you know, like, um, anyway, so yeah. And, uh, we had the Mega Man Spanish Fly for the win. That's what I called it anyway. Mega Man. I don't know why I call it because they're Mega Man. They're Meat Men. Or anyway, um, it was a good match overall. And, uh, I, oh, I've decided if that's going to be his finish, that Spanish Fly, it should be called the Locomotion. Um, anyway. Um, <laughs> that's brilliant. I like it. I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah anyway so yeah and then uh we had another match after that we had allison k taking on trisha door again trisha door great addition to ring of honor keep bringing this person back allison k is good as well but like trisha dora has been killing it on like every edition of ring of honor she's been featured on so no and, like i no said entrance saying, here for allison k i was a little surprised by that yeah they don't really do that on ring of honor eh whatever i, I, I guess just, she must not be that was you know what it might tell me maybe her. that maybe that means she's not going to be brought back then maybe that's how we'll know if people aren't getting like maybe potentially assigned as they just get the job entrance eh, i don't know um she hit some hip attacks in the corner and then out of nowhere hit the lariat tubman she turned into randy orton um silas young took on kyle fletcher not the match i thought i'd see from kyle fletcher this week <laughs> um but hey here we are you know um but based on his entrance, I'm going to guess that Silas is probably going to be regular because they gave him like a full ass entrance here. Like, um, and yeah, like I said, uh, I mentioned the thing about the set again here. Um, I think that's where I actually wrote it down. It was just a little nice, like nice, nice little match here for Kyle, you know? Yeah. A new finisher that he did try. You know, I forget what it was. They didn't, they didn't it give it a name. They, they kept no, saying, they didn't uh, give it a name, but I, I forget what like the move was. I, I can't, oh, it was some kind of slam. Yeah, but I, double you know, under I can't her, remember. Something or other. Yeah, it looked cool. Hammerlock reverse that, DDT. There it is. Oh, there you go. Okay. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. It looked cool. So if he does use that, that's a, uh, that's a good finish. Um, and he's probably going to, I mean, we think Davis is going to be out for a little while, right? So yeah, I believe um, they mentioned four and oh on singles, uh, for Kyle in Ring of Honor now. Yeah. Keep that up. Get him a title shot. You know what I mean? Um, dude, him versus Claudio for the world title, bro. <sighs> That'd be a match. I'm in. Um, that would be one of the matches of all time. And it would be awesome. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. So yeah, we had a, a squad of jobbers, uh, who I did not write down the names of taking on the mogul embassy. Oh, actually, I write down one of their names. Hold on. Um, Toa, still a menace to society here. Um, Trenton Storm, who was apparently on dark before, who was one of the, one of those guys. That's why I wrote that in my notes. But they beat the piss out of him, and then they won. Um, Josh Woods took on Dalton Castle. Uh, and 
Bro, I just love Dalton Castle. He's so fun to watch. He's so entertaining. Like every time he hits the boys, let's go break some hearts during his entrance, I'm just like, ah. I'm just like, oh, such a I fucking knew. cool dude. I knew. <laughs> I'm just like, bro, he's a fucking literally he's a peacocking all over the place. We got some Dalton Castle chance. Love all, oh, by the way, Josh Woods and Dalton Castle did a lot of collegiate wrestling stuff. This was like when uh whenever who is it would always do that? It was like um was it like oh shit, it was was it Swagger and like somebody? I I forget. Like there was people back in the day would occasionally like Dolph Ziggler whenever he would get in there with a collegiate wrestler. Like you know what I mean? Like yeah. Just every time they do that stuff, it just makes it look so much more legit. You know, like not that it doesn't if you're just doing regular wrestling. I obviously Brian Danielson's not a. I don't think he was a collegiate wrestler. You know what I mean? Like or at least not like I don't know. Think he was, but maybe he was. I don't know. Um, but yeah, and it's crazy because these two can be like. Um, like completely like similar to each other in terms of like what their in-ring move set is right but they have the completely opposite gimmicks basically like it's crazy you know what i mean like um i wouldn't say completely opposite actually just that they're so far afield from each other but they have pretty similar backgrounds you know what i mean it's kind of wild to think about you know what i mean like yeah um and uh we got some bring me a boy she picked up the one with the banger ring um the varsity athletes need something man they are fucking dying i'm sorry i have to say it yeah like nobody cares about them. No, I, I don't. Not in the slightest. I I don't. I love Josh Woods. He's one of my favorite wrestlers in Ring of Honor right now. But he's just. I I think he knows, and we know, and Tony Nice knows, and Ari Davari knows, and Slim Slim Jones knows, and fucking uh whoever else is in that group. The 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 fucking Trust Butler, uh Sunny Kiss. They all know that like he's that group is he's bigger than that group. You know what I mean? Like he's way more interesting than what they're able to do with that. But. Maybe he likes it. Maybe he's like, uh, we're just having fun, guys. Fuck off. Um, <clears throat> the Kingdom and the Infantry had a little setup segment. Um, that was shot last week. So basically, um, so to explain this segment, uh, basically Stokely was backstage, right? <laughs> and he was like talking to the Kingdom and the Kingdom were like trying to glaze him up a little bit and try and get a match. Uh, I think with the, they were trying to get a match with the Infantry because they, I think the idea in my head that I, I, I decided, Charlie, was that they've beaten the infantry a couple of times and they want to win this week. So they were trying to get a match they thought they could win maybe or something. I, I don't know the exact logic here, but he was basically trying to turn Stokely against them so that they could get some kind of advantage in the match or something like that, right? Yeah. Something, I don't know, something along those lines. Let me look if I can actually find it in like this breakdown, like what the exact deal they were trying to go for was. But just assume that they were just like trying to stir the pot with Stokely and make him upset at the infantry who then came around and also started talking to Stoke and convinced, you know, they did like some riz on Stokely <laughs> and fucking convinced him that, uh, they were the ones that he should like help. And, you know, they got the match. Um, so the kingdom were actually defeated by the infantry, Charlie. Holy Genuine shit. Surprise. Um, and, Oh, by the way, first of all, Maria had some really cool, like, bedazzled or whatever you would call that looking gear. That shit was cool looking. Like, I have to admit. Looked like she had, like, diamonds and shit all over. And maybe she did. Who knows? She's probably pretty rich, so I wouldn't be that surprised, you know? Um, <clears throat> they have had this match a few times, like I said, but, I mean, it's fine, so I don't particularly care. And uh, so Maria was trying to interfere, but then Trisha Dora, another former military member, makes the save. I don't know if you'd thrown that out there before, by the way. I think you did at one point about her maybe teaming up with them. Um if not, I, we maybe we should have. But um, if that's the plan here, if she's going to be the third member of the infantry, 
like the female member. Like, I don't think they needed that, but I honestly think it super works. And if it gets them all booked more, hell yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, if, if we're going towards a trios match for these V6, I'm Charlie, I, I can get behind that on a random episode of Ring of Honor, you know? All right. So, thank you. speaking of things that I can get behind here, fucking um, Lee Moriarty and Large William took on Matt Seidel and all oh, hard Blake Christian. Um, it's pretty much a squash match in all intents and purposes. Um, and Charlie, did, did Rick Aboney go to college with Big Bill? I got to tell you, I think, I think they did end up going to college together, but you know what? <laughs> That's honestly pretty cool. Give me that. You fuck it. Give me a Rick Aboney fucking glazing up Big Bill. Yeah, absolutely. It's like not nah, commentary he was, because he was, they're he was, he was, uh, getting all the ladies. Hey, hey, hey. Yeah, right, dude. There could be fun stuff with that. I mean, I, honestly, that really could be fun. I'm, I'm glad I, I didn't know about that. That's really cool. Honestly, it makes sense. Like the ages line up, but I was just like, huh, I didn't think about it. I guess there are some of these people that would know each other like that, but you don't think about stuff like that when you're, when you're watching wrestling. But yeah, the kingdom were backstage and they were pissed. Um, let me like again pull up a second because I don't have the exact thing that happened that exactly went down here. I think they were just like wanting like some form of revenge or something like that. Let me just clarify really quickly. Um, yeah. <laughs> blaming stokely for it and uh maria said that she gave uh trisha door her first opportunity and would make sure it would be her last chance as well so i'm guessing yeah. that's gonna be a singles match they're setting up as i well. think there was a chance my my mic was uh being weird what i could when you asked me i was i was saying uh i think the trio of them can do a good job of helping mm-hmm. get them over oh because yeah. we've seen it more than ever um that Look what they trios? just did for um Andretti and uh, Darius, dude. Yeah. I uh, Darius's stock is up for me right now as a singles wrestler after that feud. And these mixed trios and mixed groups can do a good job helping other people get over. So, hey, uh, all that hopefully means is uh, you know, maybe we'll get more uh, Trisha Door in our future. And you're not getting genuine surprise of a ma- of a result here. Yeah, this is exactly how I said you should do the last kingdom. Not to take credit for everything like I normally do, but I remember saying this. I was like, just have them put people over, man. They're at that point in their career. They're not like super old. Fucking Mike Bennett's still pretty young. You know what I mean? But we're like, a, like it's kind of a prime wrestler right now, right? You know what I mean? Like, so actually, I don't know how old he is. He might be like 40, fuck, fine enough. But, um, but I'm Matt Taven is, is pretty young, I'm pretty sure. You know, um, Matt Taven. He's cool, man. I like, I like Matt Taven. He's cool. Um, I, I would love to see him get into their singles run in Ring of Honor. You know what I mean? He's, it's a fun guy. Um, the Dark Order with Negative One. I mean, this is the first time we've seen Negative One in a hot minute, Charlie. God damn. Um, yeah. And they got a squash in a tag team match. Uh, the last two matches. Um, or sorry. Wait, what? Oh, yeah. These last. Uh, wait, what the hell? I, I, I must have deleted something out of my notes here because I can't understand what I was trying to say here. Um yeah, they just gave him the, uh, <laughs> that's funny. I didn't realize I wrote this. They gave him the tag team combo meal to go. That's funny. <laughs> uh, that's what <laughs> yeah, I always call that good. little, like, uh, sequence of moves they do to finish. Um, but then the Righteous and Stu Grayson appeared on the you know, TV monitor, basically saying, oh, that was good, guys. But I, I don't know. Are you sure you can do it again? Basically, like, oh, we'll see you next week, you know? So I don't know if that's a match with them next week. Or if they just want them to bring more aggression next week, I guess that was what he was challenging them to more with anything was like, um, so I mean, you know, yeah. So I, I think, I think honestly that they're probably building up, um, 
toward a trios match, I'm guessing, but I'm not sure who the trio. Do you think it'll be Uno then? Like probably for uh, their team up with. Uh, yeah, I think with, so. With we need to see here? Uno and Grayson just keep fucking dick dishing it out, you know. Yeah, I I would like to see that be the moment when Stu is truly turned to the dark side. Is when he just. I mean, he already did it with Uno once, but like I'd like to see Uno be like trying to convince him to come back to the light, and he just crushes him. You know what I mean? Like he just kills him. Love that would love it. It'd be awesome because wrestling is fucking soap opera, you know. So let it be soap opera. They're like best friends. You know what I mean? Best friends. Anyway, um, uh, Diamante was backstage, uh, and she was offered a deal by Mark Sterling to uh, take the L. Uh, she said, uh, what if I just take the whole winner's purse? Like he offered her 49.9% of the winner's purse if she, if she took the L or something like that to Layla Gray. And, uh, I, she said, what if I take the whole thing by winning? And I was like, oh, okay. Um, so Diamante, uh, goes and takes the whole purse. Um, I'm just <laughs> kidding. <laughs> they, uh, cheated her out of the win here. And, uh, I don't know. Layla just doesn't do it for me. It's kind of like we share that opinion, I think. She's just like, eh, but maybe more reps will help her out. I don't know. What do you think? Um, yeah, I don't see why not. Right. Right. Anybody can get better over time. I mean, look, Anna Jay was considered to be not a good wrestler at one point, you know? So like if that, if that can be the case and she can be as good as she is now, you know what I mean? Then, uh, then I think anything is possible. Right. So just get yeah. her in with the right, get, get her in with the right people. I mean, she hangs out with Jade who gets trained by Brian Danielson. So I think that's probably a pretty good company to be in, you know, like, so, um, so hopefully like Jade is literally just taking this chick under her wing and trying to be like, I mean, that's why she's not like advancing. Like Jade is who's getting trained by like super wrestlers. Not that Jade can't do that, but she's just, she's teaching somebody for the first time. I think if she yeah, is, it's, it's just a different atmosphere. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And but there's not still amazing things you can learn from somebody like her because she's got all kinds of you know experience now. Anyway, we had uh, speaking of all kinds of experience, we had Shane Taylor and the Workhorseman taking on um, Ar Fox, Darius, and Andretti again. Ar Fox just the perpetual third guy in random tag teams that don't have a third person right now for some reason. Like okay, um, I mean he's been teaming with these guys lately, but like in two weeks he'll be teaming with a different trio. You watch. Um, which is fine because he can pretty much fit anywhere. Uh, unmitigated violence from from Anthony Henry here. Uh, a lot of good wrestlers in here, and uh, Fox Cotler just got flash pin, pick up the win here. So it wasn't like a super duper competitive match or anything. It was just like, oh, we get them back and forth, and then ah, Fox gets the win. GGs. Uh, and then Layla Gray was backstage, got challenged to a rematch by Diamante, and Diamante basically called her a chicken. Or well, no, she didn't call her a chicken. She called her like a coward. Or not uh, wanting to fight her again, and uh, she agreed to the match. So that'll probably happen next week, I'm guessing. Or yeah, probably next week. We had Daniel Garcia versus Rocky Romero in a pure rules match. We had your wrestler chance. Uh, Garcia spent two of his rope breaks super early. There was a no more rope breaks chant at one point. <laughs> that was pretty funny. Uh, they did some back and forth, sharpshooter in the ropes, and that's like uh, somebody pointed out. Oh, actually, it was Nigel, I think. Was Nigel on this episode? Can't remember. Anyway, whoever it was pointed out that that was like something that Nigel. No, it was. They, it was that they pointed out that Nigel and other previous pure champions used to do that. Um, Orange Cassidy then makes the save um, because he has to make an appearance. No, actually, I actually really like that he's here because um, Orange Cassidy doesn't always show up on other. Like he shows up on Rampage a lot. But he won't always be yeah. on like the other various shows. Like I haven't have we seen him on Ring of Honor recently? Or at all? I don't think we have. I, I, so, I can't remember a time where we had seen him before. So it makes sense in this case, but I just we hadn't seen it yet. So it's it's a cool moment. 
And then in the main event of the evening, we had the Chicago street fight between Athena and Kiera Hogan for the Ring of Honor Women's World Championship. Athena pinned in between two different ladders after she took a bump off of one of them. Ugh. Brutal fall there. Um, a fan caught the ladder that she fell into and made the save. What a fucking guy. Saved the rest of the crowd. Um, dude, the neckbreaker spot on that trash can. Oh my God. Um, Athena has no respect for Chicago. No surprises there. There were tables, ladders, kendo sticks. There was a top rope power bomb through a table for <laughs> thumbtacks in this match. Dude. And then they fell perfectly through this beautiful stack of chairs that Athena, Athena might be a genius gimmick match, gimmick match wrestler, Charlie. She might be. Like, the, yeah. like, who, who was that like from ECW back? I don't know who that would be. Like, whoever was like the genius of those kinds of matches. You know who it is from the current generation is fucking Kevin Owens. You know what I mean? So she could be like the female version of that, of just being able to come up with these absurdly ridiculous spots. You know, John Mox is a lot like that too, honestly, and Eddie both. So like, she could be like the female version of all that combined. And if that's where this gimmick's going, it's so kick ass, dude. I love this. Um, I, yeah, this. <sighs> This is probably probably the best TV match this week. I mean, it was really so fucking yeah, genuinely. Good. It was it awesome. Was so good. Um, without a shadow of a doubt, the best Kira Hogan match I've seen from her. So yep. it might even be might, my favorite. This, match. Is this the best match in Athena's title reign so far? It, it might, might be. be. I mean, we'll we'll have to yeah we'll <laughs> we'll have to look at that when we go through it later. But that's but um success, it's a fun one. Defense number eleven. Yeah, I think our uh, our runaway right now for women's wrestler of the year is, is again just fucking killing it. Hundred percent wasn't yeah, the only she... match that she had this week, as we talked about on our Forbidden Door review. Mm-hmm. Billy Starks, she had a good match with Billy too. Yes. So it's like, oh my god, at the end, might have gotten Billy signed. Who knows? Not that Billy wouldn't be getting herself signed, but she might have given her the match that gets her the contract. You know what I mean? Like, who knows? Like, yeah, be pretty cool. Uh, and she's still looking for new challengers post this match, so. She's like, she went backstage and talked to Lexi and she was like, there's nobody here for me. I've got no challengers. And uh, let me see if there was anything that actually happened or if it just went off the air with her pissed. I'm trying to find out. Scroll, 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 scroll. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. And she was pissed that nobody else was celebrating her. And she's told the rest of the roster, step up, step out. So, yeah. Um... Just a really fun ending to the show. We had like a match rundown for like Forbidden Door and stuff like that in there too. Just a really fun episode of Ring of Honor, I think. Uh, what did, uh, do you have any thoughts on that show that you didn't like, maybe get in there, Charlie, that you wanted to add? Or is it? Are we, are you yeah, I thought, I thought we had some uh, uh, surprises in the Infantry Victory. A fucking killer main event. A fun opener. Kyle Fletcher doing his thing. A good, this is a better Ring of Honor episode than I think we've had the past couple weeks. Not that those yeah, have been bad, but we have more elements in this one. And the main event really sealed it home. That being said, I, I, I do have to say this. Two and a half hours is too long for Ring of Honor. It's just too fucking long. Uh, 20 I, minutes shorter, and I think, I think, I don't know which matches you cut. Like, let me look through the card. I'm almost saying a whole hour shorter. I think Ring of Honor should be Nah, I can't be an only an hour. You can't get all this stuff done that they did in this show that was good in an hour. Like, yeah, but I can go without the Josh Woods match. I can go without, you know. Okay. There, there's certain things I could go without, and I, I was just like, <sighs> it. 
I felt the length. And if um, you'll find it like with Rampage, it's really difficult for them to have like Lucha Bros, Vikingo, and Commander versus Kip, Butcher Blade, and Serpentico and have that match be as fun and as good as it is in the opening and as long and also have that main event go like 20 minutes or whatever it did or 15 exactly. minutes. Exactly. Yeah. How, however long it went. And, I, and it, I thought it fit. Uh, I thought it served fine. Um, Willie Mack again. I'm not sure I f- how I feel about him losing here. That he's kind of a loser in Ring of Honor, isn't he? Uh, a little so, bit, yeah. I mean, that's now, yeah, two weeks ago was Jalisco, now Gringo. So we need to get Willie Mack. Up in I the, have uh, made this sheet. point before that even though Willie Mack is clearly somebody they want to do something with, they have him lose to everybody. Like, yeah. So, but you got to have a guy like that, I guess. So maybe we need to get him against Silas. Young you know what it is? He looks legit. Like no matter what you think about Willie Mack, he looks like a fucking threat to whoever he's in there in the ring with. So if you beat him, it's probably like. I mean, I wonder if that's how they used him at, like, PWG. I imagine it was, you know what I mean? Because, again, he's just a guy that looks like if you beat this guy, you're, like, a fucking beast, you know? Like, you're a fucking man. You're a maniac. So, all right. Now the Ring of Honor's done. Let's jump into some uh, AEW Dynamite. AEW. All right. We kick off. We got the match. The Guns versus the Hardys. Um, Battle of the Bros. Battle of the Brothers. They were quick to mention, um, Excalibur was, that Lucha Brothers, Young Bucks, Top Flight, Rouge and Jalisco, all brother tag teams. Something that we kind of went on the, the previous week. Yeah, that was like, my point. I was like, I hope they just run through them all, man. That'd be a fun story. Yeah. Um, but I gotta tell you, man, Colton Gunn sold a, uh, it was a twist of fate, right? Where he fucking bounced <laughs> 10 feet in the air. <laughs> it's a great gif. If, if you're looking for a gift from this match, Colton Gunn uh, taking the twist of fate was pretty, pretty brutal. Um, you know what I love about this, bro? We opened the show with fucking wrestling on this show. We, we show don't open with, with fucking promos. Sometimes we do, but not most of the time. Yep, I love getting back to classic, and you know we're getting towards the uh, the matches uh, wivering down here, and Juice Robinson shows up. Oh, it's like okay, mm-hmm. you know we're kind of still wondering, you know, Bullock. Bullet Club Gold Guns, you know, what's happening here? The Bang Bang Gang bang, distracts bang. the ref. Jay White shows up, shoves Jeff off the top. The guns hit the 310 to Yuma. The guns beat the fucking Hardys. Holy shit. I'm so shit. down with this direction for the guns right now, dude. They're Holy making them seem shit. so legit. If they beat all these brother tag teams, like, cl- like, not cleanly, but like, if they beat them all doing this, dude, this could be a really, yeah. really fun story. This could be up there for uh, how much I like with Righteous versus Stu, uh, uh, and Stu Grayson stuff right now. Because like, that one just it's caught my attention. This is starting to catch my attention. And when we get to what they did on Collision, bro, oh my god. Yeah, I was about to say, not to completely jump to the very end of our show, but... But no, you can't help it. They did CM a great Punk job. They this week, too. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> they did a great job this week. Like, dude. they had a fucking killer week for not being on the pay-per-view <laughs> at all, you know? like So, um... Yeah, I think I think it's time we're we're seeing more and more of people's opinions changing of the guns. They've been pretty harsh on them, and some of it was well deserved. Oh, the way I was saying, I didn't. I don't mean to like completely cut you off here. The thing I just while we're, because we just brought it up, the, the them fighting all the brothers. I want Top Flight to w- be the one to win against them when Top Flight is back. That'd be a nice touch. So that would be cool. That'd be a nice touch. Um, Maybe they beat him once too, and then they beat him. But then they like, no, we want a rematch, and they're like. Ooh, we haven't done that, but okay. We don't think you can beat you again anyway. You know? kind of a biscuit eating. Like maybe they're looking past them. Like they beat all the other brother tag teams, and they're like, "We've beaten all the brothers." And then top flight music kits. Oh, that could be epic. All right. Anyway, um, I like those odds. Yes. Post match, uh, we had Jay White 
hitting Matt with a Blade Runner. Robinson hit Jeff with the left hand of God. Matt was uh, about to suffer the same fate. Out comes Ricky Starks. Ricky! FTR then, you know, Ricky's getting his ass beat. That was, it was a quick beatdown. FTR sprints out. Huge pop. Numbers are too much. Out comes CM Punk. Bullet Club Gold and the Guns. They're getting the fuck out of the way. Robinson suffered another GTS. Punk took the microphone, issued a challenge for Collision Saturday. I know I'm supposed to be a collision guy. <laughs> so, um, Dude, when his music hit, I was genuinely surprised though, because we didn't know what the deal was yet. We didn't yeah, know if no. we'd see him. This Why do you want me to go to sleep so bad? I already <laughs> got my eight hours. Um, <laughs> uh, eventually, I think our our entire soundbite board is just going to be juice. Be juice. <laughs> but because that that will be we're, we're getting juicer, that. bud. Why do you want me to go to sleep? <laughs> He's so good, dude. Oh, geez. Um, up next, we had the concession stand brawl where Mark Briscoe defeated Jeff Jarrett. A complete gimmick match, um, but it was fun. I thought it served its purpose. I yeah. like seeing Mark Briscoe picking up singles victories on AEW. And, you know, this is a – if we if we were to clarify a mid-card somewhere along the lines, I, I'm okay with Mark Briscoe kind of being the lead of our mid-card right now, picking up victories in a fun style that the crowd cared about, that the uh, audience – you know, the audience at home seemed to like. It came off well. Papa Briscoe, you know, he he started running wild with a redneck kung fu. I'm sad him sing. You know, sad him sing. <laughs> this guy's having too much fun. He, and it's, it, I don't think he gets enough credit. He's he's really improved over the course of the time. He, he's has, he has improved a lot. But I got to tell you this. We always see him smiling. <laughs> he's having a blast i can't blame him i mean i can't i would be the same but it's he doesn't like, have to do jack shit i'm sure he gets paid well that. you know what i mean like it's awesome like exactly exactly it's just i, I always happen to catch it because i'm like this son of a bitch just loves what he's doing mm-hmm. um even though we're totally not supposed to see him cheesing well he's if we ever do like an aw mixed tag team type tournament him and uh jade should be a tag team my god running wild uh, best friends, Lucha Bros, Christopher Daniels showed up. Everyone did their thing. Um, but Briscoe won with the schoolboy, and I, I, I was I was a fan of this. I think we're closing the chapter on this story. It was still better than I thought it would be, given that, I mean, one of my favorite segments of the year this year has been them at the farm. Mm-hmm. Like, that, that shocked the shit out of me. So, yeah, I think we're closing the chapter on this. We'll see what's next for uh, Briscoe, and... Just we'll see what's next for uh, and Jarrett, too. Table. Just what, what a dude. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Um, Okay, we got uh, backstage, the Combat Club. Don Callis, Kanosuke Takeshita. Um, and this is like a group of fucking killers here. Ugh. How cool did Takeshita look with his fucking jacket? Oh, my God. Ugh. Issue a five-on-five challenge, Forbidden Door, yada, yada, yada. Match was fucking awesome. Yes. Pretty much it's setting up. Danison wants to call out Okada for tonight. A video package was shown highlighting the debut of Collision. Chris Jericho, Sammy Guevara, Minoru Suzuki take on a defeat. Action Andretti, Darius Martin, and A.R. Fox. And as we as we knew going into this, we knew Chris Jericho. The result of this match was not going to be Chris Jericho pinning Action Andretti. He, Chris Jericho said himself, that's never going to happen. So it was cool that he kept that touch going because who knows if they'll ever be in the ring again. And Jericho did not pin Andretti. They had, they had a, a slight little moment together, but not not much. Uh, it was just a running shooting star, but Jericho escaped this time. Um, but yeah, they pretty much... The story... It's weird. 
the story of this match was our first time seeing them as a trio. So they're undefeated, right? But we jump into it's Darby Allen and Sting, really, and they're announcing their partner at Collision. Wait, which, it's Sting! Sting! Which the crowd did not like. The crowd was not happy about, you know, we're finding out <laughs> your partner at Collision. But uh, that's okay. Eh. You can't get everything, right? Because that's the reality now. Is It's not always going to be, oh, you'll find out on Rampage. Oh, this and that. Not always. It's It's now Collision, most likely. So yeah, because collision they need to get. I mean, I don't know what collision's numbers have been. I think I think Meltzer said it was like what eight hundred thousand or something like that. Um, I don't know if that matters because it's Saturday anyway, you know. But like, um, yeah, like so point to them or something. But it's, so, it's going to be their other yeah, top show. It's going to be a, boost, it's going to be treated higher than Rampage. So oh yeah, one hundred. That's just the way it's going to be. Yep. Um, we had Tony Schiavone and RJ City are backstage with names and a tumbler. They're trying to determine the pairings of the Blind Eliminator tournament next week. Giovanni picked out two names, never told us soon, and said we'll be finding out the brackets next week. Eh, really? Yeah, we can't, should we be running this blind tag tournament or trying? Are they going to be running it? Like They can't be running it along the same time that they're we doing We have the greatest that. tag division on the fucking planet, and we're doing this? I mean, yeah, really? right? Like, what? Like, really? FGRs defended their belts one fucking time, and we're doing this? Well, I mean, they are going to get a title match, I think. Like, like really? Like, I just, ah, I got to see what the end game is here because I am not a fan of this. And I'm not a fan of the first team, which we'll talk about in a second. This is like, so, so, so is it just guys not in the Owen Hart? That's my guess, right? Like, why, why are we not running FTR Butcher Blade? Why? Best friends. I don't fucking know. They, there's so many teams. Remember, and, remember the Dax versus Cash match from the Owen Hart Cup last year? That was fun. Yeah, that was good stuff. God, that was when Dax kind of solidified our. That was our, when he won my wrestler of the year. Yeah. I think. Like he was on such a run. Uh, leader backstage talking about BCC's challenge earlier in the night. Hey man, Page said while the numbers don't look to be in their favor, they have friends all over. Kenny Omega said thankfully a lot of people hate Don Callis and Kanosuke Takeshita. Kenny Omega walked into the shot, or <laughs> Kenny Omega. Eddie Kingston walks into the shot. Kingston doesn't like the elite. I don't, he's I don't fuck with you guys. He hates Claudio more. He'll team with the elite. But he gets to name the final partner. The elite accept the terms and, you know, Eddie walks out of frame. We know now that the real reason they were a team is because they liked Eddie's eyebrows. That's the way. True. Um, Adam Cole and MJF, we get a face-off. Cole came to the ring. Huge ovation. Said he had to give his devil's due last week. While Cole didn't win, neither did MJF. It was smart to not accept five more minutes after the 30-minute draw. Cole called out MJF, who had a massive reaction from the crowd. MGF told the mouth breathers to keep their mouth shut. He said, Cole Shatanga for bringing out the best in him last week. <laughs> Some truth. MGF said he had Cole beat last week. So while Cole wants a rematch for his being and health and all this and that, MGF said, dude, fuck you. You're not getting a rematch. Cole said they could fight tonight. Tony Schiavone stands up from the commentary table. And <laughs> we actually have a pretty funny moment where Cole and MGF are like, shut up, Shivani." Um, <laughs> Shivani then talks about the blind eliminated tournament. How the names of you were Adam Cole and MGF. Cole's pissed. Uh, MGF is pissed that he has to wrestle every week. He calls people. He calls him a pervert. <laughs> MGF, he has so many great one lighters. He's going to reject the challenge again when Cole, you know, he's goading him into it, man. He's calling him, you know, small meat max, you know, something like that. Yeah. 
MJF accepts the challenge. Cole pats him on the shoulder and says, good luck, partner. Partner. Ultra-brained <laughs> Adam Cole still still think. Fucking Adam Cole has always been characterized across his time in NXT all the way up until now, and probably even all the way back in like Ring of Honor, as like smarter than his opponents. I don't know why. It's just a good characterization. Maybe because he's a really smart guy, probably. Yes, yeah, yeah, it, is, it is a nice touch. Uh, any thoughts on this? I mean, MJF was great. Adam Cole looked comfortable, but I just... It was nice that they made Eliminator Tanahashi match Seriously? official. Because it did yeah. feel like for a second they were going to tease that matchup and then not do it for some reason. I don't know why, but it did feel like that, you know? like Okay, fair. Or like that there was going to be a different opponent for MJF, I mean. Like, I don't know if it would have been... Or maybe multiple opponents for MJF. Because like maybe him refusing the match makes Obari come out and be like, No, you will face him and Naito and I, I, Abushi or something like that. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Like yeah. something crazy like that. You know what I mean? Like... Hit the Bushiruni. The Bushiruni. Um We announced the Owen Hart, Owen Hart Foundation tournament brackets. Uh Satoshi Kojima versus let's let's try and get it correct here. Because like I don't actually know what the name of the tournament is, but I'm pretty sure it's the Owen Hart Cup Invitational Memorial or Memorial Invitational or some shit like that. It's literally got the longest, weirdest name of a tournament ever, but I respect <laughs> it, you know? Like Yes. So the Owen Hart Foundation is the charity, right? Yeah. Um, Owen Hart Foundation Cup t- Tournament? Is that what it is? I don't know. Whatever. It doesn't matter. The, uh, yeah. the Owen Hart Foundation Tournament is just kind of the, the sum of it. Um, I just call the bracket, it the Owen Cup or the Owen Hart Cup. That's what I call it. The Owen. Go. Why don't we just call it the Owen? The Owen. Uh, the brackets are announced. We saw Punk vs. Kojima. Fucking awesome. By the way, match. I like that it's a cup now and not a championship. I just want to say. We then jump to Collision. It's going to have three matches on the 29th. So next week... Um. Right? No, the dates dates on this are messed up. That's okay. Yeah, so um, it's screwed up. Like, I don't know what the deal Roderick is. Roderick like, Strong versus Samoa Joe. Dustin Rhodes versus Powerhouse Hobbs. Ricky yep. Starks versus Juice Robinson. Ricky! Fuck yeah. Um, if anyone beats CM Punk, I'm fucking going to be genuinely surprised and very excited. But I think putting think CM Punk says, in this tournament, tournament... to win there? So, okay. I, yeah, I think putting CM Punk in this tournament is him winning it. So that's fair. He probably shouldn't win it at least once before he retires, right? Like it's the, oh, it's his like, it's named after the brother of his idol. You know what I mean? Like he should win it. Like, yeah. You know, who should win it next They show the women's bracket where we had Athena versus Billy, which we saw good match. Anna Jay versus Sky Blue. Hmm. Uh, Nyla Rose versus Willow. Hmm. And then Ruby versus Brit, uh, this coming Wednesday. Um, yeah. Again, I don't fucking know. I mean, it's if it's not Athena, I would guess maybe Sky Blue's winning this thing just based on recent booking. But I don't know. Um, we had a tag match here: Zack Saber Jr. and Daniel Garcia take on and defeat AW International Champion Orange Cassidy and ROH Pure Champion Katsuyori Shibata. Another one of the results this week that kind of caught me off guard. I was expecting uh, Shibata and Orange Cassidy to win. Um, this was a, a fun tag. And it, it, it served the purpose of ultimately setting up our Forbidden Door match, right? But, you know, I'm cool with the four-way. We got our shot at the end there. Um, unfortunately, since we've already had the actual four-way match, uh, this one's a little bit of a blur to me. But, you know, long story short, Daniel Garcia got his shit in with Orange Cassidy that looked really good. Um Every time Shibata is in there with Zack Sabre Jr., it, it it's so fucking exciting, right? I mean, it's just so exciting. So, 
yeah, it was. It ultimately served its purpose, just setting up our four way match that was amazing. In my yes. opinion, I've actually seen some people not a fan of that match, but I, I really. Some love people it. don't like fatal four ways. I don't think. I, yeah, they kind of can work. It, it depends on like for me. I've been so into Orange Cassidy's title reign that I just assume every match he's going to have, if it's a fatal four way, a singles match, a battle yeah. royal, you know, it's going to be good at this point. He's proved that. that I think he is, do, the, is the most with anything. That's the most surprising retroactive like viewing of Forbidden Door so far for me is the amount of people that didn't didn't care for that four way. But I was like, oh, okay. Hey, you know, it's each their own, I guess. I you and I, we are fucking we're we're glazing it up. We were high on that match. So um we are big, clearly big fans of it. But I mean, I mean like all four guys in it are four of our favorite guys doing it right now. Yeah, so like it's we, great. We can know? sit and watch a Shibata pure rules match and not get bored of it. And just like all that kind of shit. It that applies to us. We can go watch Zack Sabre Jr. for hours on end. Which, by the uh, way, not, not not to take anything away from Garcia or or um from uh Wheeler, but I don't think either of their pure title reigns, while they were good, I don't think either of them that were spectacular, but Shibata has been lighting it up. It's been awesome. Yeah, he really has. So, okay, uh, Alex Marvez, he's walking up to uh, Will Ospreay. They're just setting up their whole fucking uh, military-grade what Will Ospreay was like trying to get shot in Canada for some reason. Like, yeah, he's really healing up Canada, but I guess it worked in the long run. But he he, he was not going to get booed during that match. It's just, you know, it was an angle they wanted to run anti Canada, and yeah, it's fine. Uh, I mean, nobody else was doing it as their story going into the show, so it make it's it it makes complete sense. Like there'd be one guy in New Japan yeah. that just doesn't. It, it like does make sense, you know. And then we get into the TBS title match. Uh, Statlander versus Taya Valkyrie. I gotta tell you, this match fucking delivered. I thought Taya Valkyrie's best match by a mile. Um, Chris Statlander, this, this is the match in the title reign right now that I'm looking at and being like, yeah, no, I'm in. Count me the fuck in. Cause if we're gonna defend it every week, we need to have quality on this level. This is like stuff. It was like heavy slaps and chops, hard hitting women's wrestling. You know what? The last one that got like this, as violent as this match did, Charlie, I think, was Hater versus Storm one before they both, either of them were in the title concede. Like when they were just had that match, yeah. remember? It was hard, just hard, like, hard hitting. Yeah. Yes. And the size of both of these ladies. I mean, I think they're both like 5'10 and up. And you can feel it. You can genuinely feel it. It's funny because Taya doesn't look that big next to some of the other women. Maybe it's because she was like no, facing but, off with Jade for a while. That's probably but why. It's she that later, it's. Statlander but looks we know like Stat's fucking... big. She's like an Amazonian. You know what I mean? Like, like yeah. shit. <laughs> and Crusader Kings 3, she'd get the Amazonian trait for sure. Uh, oh, hell yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, hard hitting. Um, I thought uh, at one point Statlander hit a... Or she got hit by a shotgun drop kick. And she fucking rolled onto the floor. And Ty Valkyrie's just kind of, you know, taking it all in, really. So, yeah, you name it. The spinning fisherman's driver. Uh, the double arm underhook driver. Uh, Statlander. I like they're calling it the Wednesday night fever now too, instead of the Saturday night fever because she's yeah. not on a collision. That's good. I like that. Statlander. Uh, at one point, she avoided a curb stomp and she counters it into the spear. And I'm like, yeah, there's some shield in there, right? I mean, that's, that's got to be like, you know what I mean? Because, because who they probably, I'm assuming, when she's starting her career, that's one of the biggest things is the shield, and it's like you're gonna take inspiration from that and. It could just be coincidence. Don't get me wrong, but I, I'm going to assume that when you counter certain moves like that into each other, I'm like, okay. Um, but then Statlander actually goes for this fucking uh, clothesline of her own, and we see Taya hit the spear. 
So she then tell me, I, there's not many wrestlers we see do this. Uh, Shinsuke Nakamura is one where they'll set them up on the uh, ropes and they'll hit that sliding German. You know what I'm talking about? Shinsuke is one of the only ones I know that actively does What's that. What's funny move. is that move is I, I don't, it's crazy. That move is cool. I, you know who I think has sold it the best that's taken it so far? This is going to be crazy. I think it was Jade, dude. Jade sold the shit Jade out of that move. Jade sold the shit out of it. Yeah, Jade sold the shit out of it. Um, yeah, that, that, that was Jade's best match. And I think this oh, is by where, far. By and I think far. this is with a match where I'm like, between this and that match, Taya, I'm like, she's, she's comfortable now. She's feeling very comfortable in AEW. Um, Statlander, the uh, superplex, the Wednesday Night Fever retains the title, uh, all around, uh, clapping all around. So I was very into it. And then that was the main event match. However, we then followed a segment up since it was the go home to Forbidden Door of Dynamite. Eddie Kingston's in the ring, staying in the crowd for the ovation. He has to put a shirt on because he just had surgery and ate a lot of ice cream. He said there's a lot of things that he doesn't agree with, including someone who he thought was his homeboy, but despite not liking the Bucks, he hates that son of a bitch, Swiss motherfucker, Claudio Casanoli more. I may be adding a few lines, but we know what he was really thinking. John Moxley, he emerged from the crowd. Uh, Mr. Clean Your Clock. He's he's coming to the ring to face off with Kicks, and I'm like getting all excited, knowing now, following Forbidden Door, it's like, yeah, they fucking did the thing. Yeah, they did. Um, but he just announces, oh, the tag partner's Tom Hiroishi. Cool. And then Danielson and Okada get their face off. By the way, did you see that gif of fucking, oh, you sent me that gif, that gif of Kanosuke just like lighting up fucking Ishii? There's Jesus layers Christ. to that. Yeah, um, what what he's referencing here is uh, Kanosuke and Ishii. I don't think we I I didn't think about it when we were covering the match um, of Forbidden Door, but Kanosuke and Ishii had an exchange, and Ishii he's he's the big guy in Japan. I mean, this he doesn't move much. Like, it, it takes a lot to put him down. He there's layers to this. He put over Takeshita so much in that match. I just didn't realize it on the surface. No, because he, he just thought he was just selling for him. But like, yeah. he, he really did some kind of selling that he normally he took doesn't this do. He no sells a yeah. He where he quite literally fell out of the fucking ring. This is Tomoyuru Ishii, the fu- the stone pit bull, right? He took the fuck a forearm from Takeshita that put his ass out of the ring. You're telling me they're not like kind of that. That's got to be like a little bit of campaigning for Takeshi to come to Japan. I'm just, oh, oh, I'm yeah. just saying. If he doesn't go saying. and do a run over there with this new gimmick, I would be shocked because he would do super well over there. I think right now, especially he if would. you can get some kind of partnership working between like the three companies. You know what I mean? Between DDT, you can already bridge that gap with AEW. So like, because they have relationships with both. So I, I would if like. You're curious I would at all about that gif? Uh, just type in Takeshita and Ishii on, on your timeline or whatever, and you'll fucking see it. it it's pretty brilliant. So up next, it's I have uh, AW Rampage to cover. Um, Taped as well in Chicago, Illinois. We open up with uh, Chaos plus Swerve, which or, um, United Empire plus Swerve versus Chaos, where we had Will Ospreay, Kyle Fletcher, Jeff Cobb, and Swerve Strickland defeating Rocky Romero, Chuck Taylor, Trent Beretta, and Yo. Cool seeing yo in AEW, you know? It was cool seeing yo here. Um, God, I fucking love Will Ospreay. <laughs> I mean, just every little thing. I thought Swerve fit with this team, man. Let me just say that. 
We know Aussie Open's going to be in AW now. I wouldn't mind if Swerve teamed up with them instead of his current group of, uh, you know, guys, whatever the fuck. What's the fuck the name? The Embassy. There it is. Jesus. That name was on the tip of my tongue. 30 seconds. Um, yeah, no, the, the story here is Will Ospreay. I mean, he's on AEW Wrestling, and he's killing Rocky Romero. Quite literally killed him. Uh, Jeff Cobb killed Rocky Romero. Yo squared off with uh, Osprey. They had some chops. Osprey hits his corkscrew kick on him. I mean, you name it. Really fun stuff. And uh, uh, Osprey hit the hidden blade on Yo to pick up the victory. And yeah, I mean, th- did you kind of feel? Did were you getting those vibes I did with seeing Yo on AEW? Like, yeah, I was like, yep, this is exactly what I would take this opportunity to do. Get some of these young New Japan guys in with veterans like the people in Chaos, as well as the guys that are on the main show, like your your United Empire guys. You know what I mean? Absolutely great opportunity for Yo here getting on American TV. Probably, I probably maybe this is probably maybe even his first time on American TV. Like that he wasn't like in like a, a package for a match or something, you know, like or something like that. Like, like th- that was probably cool for him, and it was cool to see because again, like basically uh, almost everybody from the Super Junior stream, the only person I would have liked to have seen that we didn't see and would have made sense given what's going on in AEW right now. I think like we should have gotten a, sh- a show appearance, man, because of Bullet Club, you know, like. Yeah, no yeah, Bullet man, Club. Unless he's at all. just not in it anymore, which I guess could be. There thing. was zero Bullet Club presence from Japan at all, which was a little surprising. Um, they obviously have plans for them in the G one, so that makes a little sense. But you know, yeah. Uh, we have Adam Cole. He's coming to the ring for a promo. He's interrupted by MJF making his first ever appearance on Rampage from the entrance stage. MJF is so thankful that Cole encouraged him to take the match with Hiroshi Tanahashi that he got Cole a match with Filthy Tom Lawler. And Tom and Royce Isaacs hit the ring. They hit their little, uh, yada. Fuck, what's it called? Dax does it all the time. Uh, fuck. Back of his leg. He puts his shoulder into Adam Cole's back of his leg and he pretty chop block, uh, in the back of his leg. Ah, he yes. pretty much falls over. It's one of those things Dax clearly got from, you know, all his 70s and 80s wrestling that he loves. Oh, 100%. And it's nice to see guys come in and do that because it's, it's classic wrestling. And they did it to Adam Cole, beat the shit out of him and, uh, at MJF made the greatest save of all time. I mean, he saved his tag partner, you know? He hit the ring, scared him off, you name it. <laughs> um, Yeah, I hope we get that match one day. Be cool. Oh, yeah, that, that match, I think, I feel like it's match has been, like, threatened a couple of times, and I just haven't been able to do it, you know? Like, and maybe I'm wrong about that. Maybe it was just, like, a rumor or something, but, like, um, I'd like to see it as well. It was... I was like a little disappointed when I was like, oh, Adam Cole has a match. Oh, never mind. We had the acclaimed and Billy Gunn pretty much uh, getting a match against enhancement talents. Not too much to note of this match. The acclaimed won rather quickly. The arrival, mic drop, et cetera, et cetera. After the match, Harley Cameron came out uh, dressed with men in masks and some black hoods. The Chicago crowd were booing the shit out of her. And she wants to join the acclaimed. She she wanted to sing with the acclaimed. Tried to sing for them. Billy Gunn oh, she's cut got her pipes. Off. Did you hear her belting? Jesus, <laughs> she started kind of going a little in. Billy Gunn's like, oh god, no, 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 no. She tried to impress him with her rap skills. She's rapping super fast. She then starts flirting with Anthony Bowens, and Bowens asks him, "She's been kicked in the head too many times by a kangaroo because he's gay." Bowens, Bowens uh, this this proclamation, you like. One of the biggest pops of the crowd. <laughs> Which I just, I love that. I love night. the crowd loved that. That's awesome. They you did. I mean? They're like, chanting, he's gay. And, you know, Bowen's posted this uh, kind of like a sentimental thing on Twitter. He's like, I never thought 
that an arena would be chanting, he's gay at me, and it be in such a positive tone. Right. And it's like, that's just so fucking cool, you know? So I, I what are your thoughts on this? I know, you, you know, Anthony Bowles. Yeah, I sent you in my notes. I was moment. like, bro, when I, it just made me like so happy when I was watching this because I was like, Oh, just that's like I never thought that I would see that in wrestling. Someone being like, "I'm gay" and getting a fucking pop for it. Like, yeah, that wouldn't happen. And honestly, the WWE crowd probably doesn't have the temperament for that. You know what I mean? They would probably be like, "What?" They wouldn't know. They probably would cheer, but they wouldn't know why they were cheering. They would be like, "What? What? 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 Why is that something he's saying in a promo? That's it's really weird." But um, I was more interested in what happened like right after that, though, because. I, I did not see this coming, Charlie. Yeah, no, and uh, Excalibur kind of mentioning he's taken. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's pretty good. QT and Aaron came out to the segment. Um, they just came out. Marshall declared Harley raps. Harley's rap just, he said it's incredible. He compared Max Caster to John Cena in 2003. Um, this distracted the acclaim. One of the masked men takes off their mask. Johnny Mundo, John Morrison, John Hennigan, Johnny Elite, Johnny Nitro, Johnny Television? Johnny yeah. TV? Maybe just go back to Johnny Elite. Yeah, Johnny TV's fucking horrible. Doesn't matter. He takes out Billy Gunn with a super kick. Solo and Marshall then take out the acclaim. I think it's Johnny TV because he's joining QTV, but still, eh, whatever. No, that makes sense. I'm, I know but, why they did it. It's just, it's not, it's not a good name. It's not good, no. I wish, I love the name Johnny Mundo. <laughs> you know, that one works. I think, I think it might be owned by somebody else, though, is the problem, though. Johnny you Impact, you name it. Um, mm-hmm. But, yes, John Morrison is here. I remember I saying, like, I wouldn't be surprised if he shows back up since, you know, his woman is there now, you know, so yep. he might be a permanent and guy now. as we've covered before, I mean, he's he's best friends with Luchasaurus. He's, he, all of his guys are in this company, Ryan Nemeth, you know, these are guys that they train together. They they do all of this stuff together. And, yeah, I mean, I still would like to see him paired with Luchasaurus eventually. Maybe him and Nemeth, they could help each other. Isn't but- it kind of cool that he can kind of just decide whether he wants to be an AEW or WWE at any given time, pretty much? Like, more or less. You gotta love where he's at in his career. And the fact it's gotta that he's be got awesome, such right? an like- awesome wife, too. And, you oh, know, oh, yeah, dude. He's got he's a great... Doing what he's, he's doing what he's He's doing, doing well. He's doing some good stuff. And then, um, yeah. So, Johnny TV's here. He's joined QTV. I think this adds another element of legitimacy to QTV. Uh-huh. And I actually think he's a great addition for them. Like of all people that you could just randomly pull out of nowhere and add, he's a great, he's a great pull. I, I think if they do QTV and they start doing the slow-mo segments that he does for the whole group or something, when they do group entrances, like that, this could, this could be really cool for this group. Like him teaming with solo, him teaming with Marshall and maybe, maybe, maybe him with Hobbs? teaming with Hobbs. Ooh, now that could be a really fun tag team right there. Yeah. You got your power and your big meat and you got your fucking athleticism. Give me the and trio with those two in solo. You got Dude. all the elements here. Uh, there, there's something here, man. So. It's, it, I think it's fair to say this was an absolute train wreck of a segment, but you couldn't keep your eyes off of it. Right. I, I couldn't stop watching. <laughs> um, Sky Blue takes on a defeats Anna JAS. Um, I mean, there was nothing here. This that there was a commercial break. Anna J had control going into it. We come back. Sky makes her comeback. She hits a crossbody for a near fall. Um, and then I believe she hit the code blue and got the pinfall. I mean, this was this was a whole lot of nothing. And, but the crowd was behind her, and I hope we see this go beyond Chicago because this, you know, I, I, this is a house show match. I mean, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna lie here. This was rough. Um, 
This was not an Owen Hart tournament. It did not feel like an Owen Hart tournament match. And I was a little worried. I'm like, this is setting the table for, oh God, you know, let's, <laughs> we had Serena Deeb and all this other fun matches last year and we're starting with this. Okay. But, um, yes, I, I agree with the result. Uh, blue beats red and yeah, we've already talked about the main event, but, um, what do you think of the result of Sky beating Anna and, uh, and then I guess soft to collision? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, so one thing that was noted about uh, Sky Blue in this match, I think, was by Tony Schiavone, that Sky Blue has really good footwork. Something I notice about her every now and then. Um, I think I think Jericho has helped the members of the JAS overall. Like, I think everybody that's in the JAS is stock. I was thinking about this for some reason while this match was on, because, um, you know, they had um, 2.0 out there with her. Um, and I was thinking, everybody's stock is up from being in the JAS, I think. Um I don't know if you agree, but I, I think that's the case. Um, yeah, maybe I mean, not Hager. I mean, I everyone. I mean, I would like to see 2.0 wrestle a little more, but outside of that, their yeah. stock is definitely elevated. Oh, yeah. Um, this is a, some different looking gear for Sky. She's worn gear like this before, but it was different than what she's been wearing uh, recently. So, you know, it stood out to me. Uh, Jericho at one point on commentary said he makes the rules. I don't even know what that was in reference to, but that was funny. Um, yeah. Win with Code Blue. Uh, good match, but not like, not good for like, Owen Hart tournament. I'm with you on that. Uh, but yeah, I guess that takes us to collision, huh? Fuck. All right. Episode number two. Correct. All right. We had an opening segment. I liked this, Charlie. We had a cold open to collision this week. With I CMFTR and Ricky this. and Bullet Club Bowl both getting little segments right at the beginning of the show <laughs> to like talk back and forth. I like that. And then we got Tanahashi in the opening graphic. Let's go. You know? if, if that is how we open collision, count me the fuck in. Every oh, show needs yeah. their needs their kind of thing, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. If collision opens with cold promos from the main event, mm-hmm. dude, that could be really seri- that got that me so really excited fun. for collision. It's mm-hmm. just the overall different presentation, right? We've been they're gonna they're gonna discover it more and more each week. But yeah, it's oh yeah, ten I'm out of ten, ten out of ten open. I was already in. As soon as I saw that intro, that, that, that song, that might be the best song that I've, uh, that they've had, like, that any of the companies has right now to open one of their shows too. I think honestly, like, um, it just, it just fits the vibe of collision so much. I feel I'd like. have a hard time finding, uh, finding a competitor. It yeah. does fit. Yeah. Um, we had, uh, the opening of the show, we had Sting and Darby Allen naming their tag partner who they were about the name and then they, Tony Giovanni was like about to ask them. And then Jericho interrupted and him and Suzuki came out. Um, they had their little best friend handshake gimmick. Um, there's some, uh, big boos, wait, big boos or big woos from the crowd. I'm not sure which it was, but, oh yeah, big woos for a sting. Sorry. My brain completely broke there for a second. And then when Naito is using, you know, they, so they named their tag partner who ended up being Tatsuya Naito. Um, which, awesome just made this match feel so much bigger and more important and when his music hit man the energy in the room changed it was really cool like um there was a mix of naito and holy shit chance when he entered the ring too and just seeing naito again seeing naito on aw television this week was just fucking surreal you know like like one of the most legendary japanese wrestlers of this generation like who might who honestly probably should be main eventing the tokyo dome Probably, Even yeah. Six months from now. Five months from now. <laughs> yeah, probably. Honestly. Um, uh, yeah, I, I genuinely agree with that. Um, yeah. And then, uh, so that was obviously a really good segment where we got the, you know, crowd really hyped. 
And then they cut to a Miro recap segment from last week. And then they cut from that. So they like, they showed like him beating up Tony from last week. And, uh, uh, fucking Nigel was like, like over the moon about it. He was like, he beat the piss out of him. Um, and, uh, then Miro had a backstage segment. Like his, he was back. It wasn't in a white room this time. He was in a dark room this time. So that's good. The different, you know what I mean? <laughs> um, and then Mira chose to reject God. So I guess Mira is an atheist now. Um, and he's going to choose his own destiny as the godless Miro. He renounced God and his wife in the same fucking breath. What a, what a fucking man. This guy's about to go join the fucking Kingsguard or something. Like, God damn. We already talked about Swerve Strickland versus Orochi Tanahashi. By the way, I, I just love that. That's a great gimmick change. And it's going to be different enough that I think it's going to be really fun. Speaking Very of really glad fun. to have him back. Oh, yeah. Speaking of really fun and, gra- and glad to have them back also, we had Brody King taking on Andrade El Idolo. This is um, a great first return angle for Andrade. And what I'm hoping it ends with is uh, either a match with Malachi or that plus a trios match with Roosh and Pero Peligroso as his partners. Um, are you even still calling him that? I hope so. Um, I think it's it has been a while, right? Press ten Vance, anyway. Yeah, um, press ten Vance, yeah. Yeah, we, uh, Andrade hit a hell of a moonsault off the top rope to the floor, bro. That was crazy. Um, he also was hitting some really hard chops, the, you know, the Ric Flair woo chops or whatever you want to call them. Um, they hit each other pretty hard in this match. I mean, it's Brody King, but like, come on now, they were just like killing each other. Um, and oh my God, Charlie, he attacked the fucking leg, and then that match, the match finished with him wrapping his legs up in a figure four and transitioning into the figure eight and getting him to tap out or well actually he would have gotten him to tap out but then you know buddy matthews rushed the ring, rushed the ring. but like that was the idea like the finish of this match was set up to the point where like i would have believed it if that's how the match would have ended with that yeah. with the tap because he had been attacking the leg for a few minutes and it actually played into the finish not doesn't always happen when they when they do that necessarily it can sometimes help to get there but it's not always what the you know you're not always going for the leg lock or something like that but i also like that he's using the figure eight as his finisher right now it's just cool it's just real cool and i i thought they i thought they had a good match together um i gotta tell you though i i I, we don't need dqs man we we don't fucking need yeah we don't it's not an aw federation ass finish i'm gonna be on that Oh yeah. yeah, we don't need to end match. I, I would have liked him to tap out Brody King here. It would have been awesome. He should he should have tapped him out. And you know, I don't think they could tell me a reason why he shouldn't have. Uh it, to protect Brody, it's losing to Andrade. Yeah, we've, literally Andrade we've seen, is an We've seen Brody guy. lose to Darby Allen to John Moxley. It doesn't matter. Like we've seen him eat the God, pin That before. match where he lost to Darby was so good. Dude, Brody was on a roll exactly. for a little while there. And he still is. I honestly. just I don't think this was a I mean, I got buddy buddy Matthew's outfit looked fucking incredible. Oh yeah, he's he looks great when he's not in his ring gear when he's in like just like the the like regular like sort of like dark gothic sort of like look that they go for. Like he he's fucking cut too, goddamn. Um Yeah. Um yeah, and I guess protect Brody, but I mean whatever. You know, I like I said I would like to see a cleaner finish there, but eh, whatever. Um there anything else you wanted to add about that? Like I really enjoyed that match, honestly. Yeah, the um, match itself wa- was fine. Um I thought uh, Andrade and he it's so glad good to have him back right yeah, oh, I don't yes. want to just sit him, here and Miro, the guy fucking up, all but... the people that we have back honestly Hobbs was kind of absent for a little while and we have him back now so you know like yeah we and, got a lot of uh, good stuff Luchasaurus is back now that was also something that someone who had been kind of like on and off for a while like just just the the working of the knee and you know his different maneuvers like uh what just, maneuver it it 
there's not really anyone like Andrade on the roster. No, it's, he's he's very kind of, unique. He's kind of an anomaly in the sense of no Andrade match looks the same either. And nope. and I know with AEW you can say that about a lot of guys. So it's not like you know it's not an insane compliment, but it's just I don't know. It's it's nice to have him back. Absolutely. We cut to a backstage, or I guess it wasn't backstage, but like a previously recorded promo segment of a Satoshi Kojima, sorry, Satoshi Kojima, who said <laughs> he's going to kill CM Punk. <laughs> he's going to kill him. No mixed words there. Yeah, he fucking. That was great. Another one from Kevin, man. No, he did not mix up words there, folks. <laughs> he said he's going to kill him. Oh, Kojima's awesome. All right. Um, we have another Owen Hart Cup quarterfinal match with Nyla Rose taking on Willow Nightingale. Um, and Nyla is literally like Charlie. She's like the perfect wrestler for like a tune-up leading into a pay-per-view, which I know this is an Owen Hart Cup match, so it's more important than that. But this is kind of how this worked for for Willow heading into the title match. You know what I mean? Um, yes. I like Marina Shafir looking a bit out there looking a little bit different with a different like, you know, she had like the you know midriff going on and stuff like that. She had like a cool looking like outfit on. You know what I mean? It did not like just workout gear. She like looked like she was like actually like dressed up a little bit, you know? Um, I didn't even realize it until like part of the way through the match when they pointed out that this was a beast bomb versus doctor bomb match, essentially, you know, because they both hit a power bomb for their finish. And that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, the outcast make an appearance. Um, and then Sky Blue makes a save after they were about to attack Willow post winning the match off of the doctor bomb. Um, you know, again, I, are these women's matches hitting the quality we need them to, Charlie, for this tournament? For the tournament? No. I thought this as a normal television match. Perfectly fine. Mm-hmm. But this isn't a normal television match. This is the Owen Hart Foundation, you know, tournament. Like, yeah, this is a quarterfinal match. Mm-hmm. Willow Nightingale is arguably in the biggest push of her career. Yeah. And I just, there was, there, again, we're, I, 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 there's nothing memorable here to me other than a badass pounce and, and the babe. Like, and I feel like, it, for like an eight minute match, you know, I should know more than that. Like, yeah, I just, uh, yeah. yeah, you're right. No, it, it's literally what I, I it's like, I, why I called it a tune up match. It was basically just and like, it wasn't a squash. Cause it's you nothing can't really squash either of them. Cause no. I, I they like had a good match. Really, it just like wasn't Nyla. a tournament match, which I, that might be because they're not giving them the time for these matches. Like they're going to give the men. Maybe. I don't know. Like if you compare this to like Kojima versus punk, like the quality is so different. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah, like, and they're supposed yeah. to be the same tournament. Like, uh, I mean, even yeah. if we, that's the thing, but even if we compare it to Athena and Billy, I feel like that's the first one that got it on track. Exactly. You know, no, I 100% so, agree. so going into forbidden door, I, I was, I was a little salty. I'm like, really? This is, these have been the two matches. Like, come on, pull it back in together. I, they were the second match on zero hour. I'm like, Oh God, are they just going to fucking give them six minutes and run it through? But no, they, they, they did good. Lexi Nair backstage interviewing Scorpio Sky. Again, another great face to see back here in AEW. Looked awesome. Sounded awesome. Sounded like he was ready to get back to it. He's been like a little chomping at the bit for a while to get back, you know, and uh, let let everybody know who he is. He's like, you know what? Instead of letting, what was it? Instead of letting, what was he? How did he say it? It was something really cool. Pretty much his, his accomplishments. They've, you know, he ran them down while pretty much saying, He's allowed success to change him. Right. Like, okay. Yeah. And he's his true self now after the right. injury. So he's going to show us who he really is, which that I beard was incredible. I, yeah, I was jealous. Yeah. That, that, 
yeah, this dude is, uh, I think he's going to do some fun stuff here on, on a uh, collision. So I'm excited to see who would you put him against right now? If you're going to throw him just like at a random singles match right now against somebody. Who would be? Hell yeah. I love that match. They, I think they, they often get compared to each other too. I just, that's fair. Yeah, no, actually, there. let me see I, it. Yeah. Hell yeah. I'd love to see it. We had powerhouse Hobbs in action. Uh, he got a squash here. He's an 18 and one record this year, Charlie, and has not had a world title shot. What the fuck? Anyway, um, yeah. we need that title shot. It's a very dominant performance. Yeah. Spine on the pine. One, two, three. Um, Nigel really liked the, uh, the one, the, the spine buster here. He's just like, just killed him with it. Uh, I think he said, uh, Arn Anderson, eat your heart out. And that tells you that's a good spine buster right there. I mean, we always talk about Hobbs as spine buster. It's one of the best in the business, but like, God damn, you know? Mm-hmm. Kevin Kelly ran down the card for Forbidden Door. Um, you know, of course. he. I actually like his rundown uh, a, a lot more than Excalibur going, because he just goes through it. Um, although I will say this about Kevin Kelly. I've been nice to him about it, but he needs to start getting names right and stuff. He keeps fucking them up. Like, Oh, yeah. It's, there's certain names. I You can tell he's never seen them. Or he's, it's he's okay. seen them, he's just never He just needs to do a little them. bit more studying. I'm sure he'll get into it. It's probably really tough yep. for him right now because he's got the G1 coming up. I mean, he's probably not going to be on collision for any of that, right? Well, like, just so. just like with Takeshita's name, it looks like Takashita. Oh, and, yeah, it does. That's why MJF made those jokes. Japanese you know? names, yeah. MJF doesn't make jokes that like don't make sense. Well, sometimes he does, but they're, they're usually... Like, I thought it nonsense. was Takashita for the longest time because that also sounds super Japanese. It does. You know, no, yeah. There are people I've that are, that's their last name and it's spelled exactly. There are people that that is how it is pronounced their last name in Japan that are Japanese wrestlers. I think they have the same spelling, but he just has a different pronunciation because it's probably spelled slightly differently with the characters in Japanese that makes it in, instead of um, Takashita makes it Takeshita. You know what I mean? Like it's probably just a slight yeah. difference in the spelling, you know? So while they were running down that card, do you, the one that stuck out was, was Rhodes and Hobbs, right? Do you, do you think Hobbs just got to fucking crush him? Like, oh yeah, because they also went like, through the Owen Hart tournament stuff as like well. Like under yeah. six minutes. Like, <sighs> yeah. Do you think probably. it's got to be quick? It's got to be a slaughter. I don't know if it's going to be I a think slaughter. Does, I think you give Dustin because he's like on his last run, right? You give him a little bit, but you don't give him so much that Hobbs doesn't still almost, look like a dominant I almost, force. I almost could see a vision where Dustin knows that Hobbs needs this, right? Oh yeah, no, he's will he'd be willing Moxley to give him the squash. I just that, don't know. Is it appropriate right now at this stage at the very, very end of Dustin's run? Is it, is it appropriate so. to do that then? Okay. I do. Maybe. Like a lot of guys from that, that era like to go out on their back, so that's fair. Because I think, I think Samoa fight. Joe and Roderick Strong's gonna get a lot of time. I think Starks and Robinsons, we're talking like fifteen minutes each for both those matches. That's thirty minutes. Mm-hmm. I, I think I could see this one not even getting a commercial break. Or it could get, you know, 12 and it's a, it's a good match. And we see a lot of layers of Hobbs that we haven't seen, you know? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, I also think Dustin could just give him like a really, really good match. Honestly, like if they wanted to go that way with it, I Hobbs can deliver. So I'd be there for it. Um, speaking of stuff, I'd also be there for, we have the main event of the evening. The last match on this episode of the pod, Charlie CMFTR and Rick. Taking on Bullet Club Gold and the guns. And Charlie, this new guns entrance. With the, I didn't talk about it on, on with the dynamite thing, but, but I had to talk about it here. 
the gun entrance where they're shooting the guns and spraying the mist out of their mouths, bro. That shit is so fucking good. The guns are on fire right now, dude. It's crazy. It seems like they're hitting all the right notes, even when their entrance is fucking... Like, when they were champions, I was like, ah, fuck the guns, this is bullshit, why are they champions? Now I'm like, bro, that changed their careers in in the best way possible. It's awesome. Um, They feel different. And we are not in Chicago anymore. The booze were rolling in for Punker, bud. They were everywhere. We talked about it a little bit at the start of the show, but whoo, goddamn. Um, there was a Larry sign in the crowd. Love to see it. Um, oh, wait, there was another crowd on the show, or not on the show, but like, I'll go back to it after this because there was another sign. Um, oh, no, I'll just say what it was. I forget. I think it was on Rampage or something. It was like uh, MJF, my cat can beat up MJF's cat or something like that. That was really funny. <laughs> That's great. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was, a, it was, uh, this crowd was kind of split though. There were people chanting CM Punk in this crowd. So it wasn't completely booze here. So that's why yeah. I think the reaction was so shocking at Forbidden Door because it was just all booze at Forbidden Door. Like, um, we had Ricky doing, I didn't have uh, a way, I didn't know how to actually spell this word, but he was gyrating on the ropes, uh, which doesn't sound as bad as it is. I promise. He was just on the ropes doing like a little rope walk spot, doing like a dance. It was funny. Um, CM Punk locking up with Jay is just like, what, 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 what alternate fucking reality have we crossed into where CM Punk is wrestling Jay White right now on television? What the fuck? And they work mm-hmm. for the same company, like, and they're feuding with each other right now. But what? <laughs> I, I'm very, very happy to be getting this. So awesome. Main events for Jay White as well. Punk hit the uh, first of his Hogan offense that he would also do on uh, Forbidden Door. We didn't really mention that, but he's been doing the Hulk Hogan stuff, which I think is funny because, you know, he's kind of like the Hollywood Hulk Hogan guy right now, you know? Like, <laughs> he's a little bit like, he he knows, dude. He, he knows. He knows. I, that's like, why I, this is, see, CM Punk's so fucking smart. He's going to make this something special. Dude, Juice throws a real hard chop, by the way. He lit somebody shit. up. I forget who it was, but he was just like, whack. It was just like, oh, shit. There was a genuine pop when Juice got tagged. Mm-hmm. People like Juice, Juice man. He's, he's a known quantity, you know? Yep. I mean, since January, when he didn't really get a reaction to the mm-hmm. match against Darby Allen, to now? Complete Talk about around. someone who's like, almost like a, quote, breakout star, like, most improved, if you will. Juice Robinson has really brought yep. up his stock. Pairing him with Jay year. White, again, things that AEW has done this year that have benefited other people, like the guns um getting all the stuff that they've gotten to put them where we are now but bullet club gold being a thing that has helped juice to like get on tv and get known and people started to appreciate people love him screaming at people and stuff now it's awesome it's hilarious it's great um, why do you want me to go to sleep <laughs> uh we had a superplex into a doomsday device at one point from ftr i think or maybe it was like somebody hit the superplex and then they hit the doomsday device. whatever it doesn't matter it was a really cool spot i was like oh that's sick I'd probably be dead after that, you know, like, um, yeah. And like I said earlier, I mentioned the commentary added something to every match, almost every move. And this was a big win for the bad guys, Charlie. CM Punk losing it on the way into the pay-per-view and, to, and Jay White picking up the pin over, I believe it was uh Ricky Starks, Ricky. right? Yeah. Um, let me actually check on that. One of them pinned, uh, one of them got pinned by Jay. Yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, it was Jay White, uh, sling blade on, uh, Ricky. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or the Blade Runner, yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, I, I would not, if you had told me Punk and FTR were losing the, the, the last show before Forbidden Door, I don't think I would have believed you, Charlie. I'd have been nope. like, yeah, okay. I, I wouldn't have either. He's going into an Owen Hart tournament match against one of a legendary Japanese wrestler and he's going to lose? Okay. 
but no, that's what they did. They decided to give Jay White a win over CM Punk here. What what a what a what a maneuver. Yeah, the match itself so much fun. The result in my opinion solidifies the angle that we're doing here as yeah, this is different. This is hitting this is hitting the right notes. We're doing some good shit. Um and at the end I think they signify uh the guns have officially joined Bullet Club Gold, I think. So Yeah, they did the little um like the two sweeties type deal. I don't think they're actually doing a two sweet in uh in in this the company. Little bang but, bang gang, if you will. Yeah, right? the little bang bang gang thing. That was pretty cool. So they're all so that that's good. I like them in Bullet Club Gold. That's a or just like whatever you want to call it if it's not that, but like I like them being a part of that group. That's that's a good ad. And uh if any I mean they're literally called the guns. They should be a part of the bullet club, probably, if they're called the guns, right? Like Yeah, no, agreed. And you know, I guess we'll wait and see now where this branch is off to because they're joining two guys that are fucking over and getting more and more over every fucking week. So if there was something you were tying yourself into, other than like the combat club or the elite, like you're linking yourself to Bullet Club Gold's a pretty fucking great idea. And I hope they take it and run with it. So Agreed. Yeah. 100%. I thought this was uh I thought this was a good week. Yep. I thought Forbidden Door was awesome. If you guys are interested more in our thoughts on Forbidden Door, we have an entire review on it. Again, it was fucking re-uploaded Monday. Uh and the audio is fixed. And yeah, so that we we had a lot of fun with the Forbidden Door review. That in my oh, opinion, yeah. I think that's one of our best shows we've ever had because we just were so into it and the passion was flowing. Mm-hmm. And I mean, we had Punk vs Kojima. That's another match I feel like some people have been really into, some people really not. And but to us, that was straight out of Japan. Man. I feel mean, like that, part that, of that's the CM Punk effect right now. I think for a little while, no one's going to be giving him credit. Let's be real, you know. Like I, I hope. People can move on from that, but y- you are right. Um, but I just don't because know the that. crowd reaction. Let's be real: the crowd reaction he's getting, it's not fucking warranted. Yeah, he did some things that people don't like, but it, 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 guys, he's not a fucking heel. Like, come on, like, he's, and they don't want really, him to be clearly because he, he's a big baby face for them. So yeah, that'll be fun to follow. And you know, it's in a way, it's just made his return that much better. You oh, know, yeah. and That's a whole I new can't dimension wait to see it. what he does next. How do, how does Collision do this week with where we probably don't get our CM Punk match on it? We'll we'll keep an eye out for that. Um, but thank you guys, thank you very much for checking this out. If this is your first time checking us out, hit that subscribe button. Seriously, um, we'll be back next week. Usually these episodes come out on Sunday, Monday, depending on where you live. And uh, yeah, now that uh, Collision has arrived, two weeks in, just one last closing thought because okay. this just crossed my mind. Now that Collision's here. Do you feel like it's two weeks in? Have you kind of made like? Does it feel different enough to be warranted as as a a well addition to AEW's oh, you know library that yeah, we have? Yeah, a hundred percent. Like if it wouldn't have been if it hadn't had the debut that it had, and then followed it up on the week of Forbidden Door with some really good matches and really cool talent to see. Um, and also progressing storylines like the guns have been moving toward this arguably for like the last several months. You know what I mean? Even though Bullet yeah. Club Global isn't necessarily a thing yet, you know. Um, and this wraps up like multiple, multiple months of storytelling for Ricky. You know what I mean? So Agreed. not that he's done with them necessarily, but like it kind of puts a pin in it for now for him. You know what I mean? Um, cause you yeah. can't really, what is he going to come back and say like, oh, you guys literally do like direct. You guys fucking suck. Like, you know, <laughs> yeah. like <laughs> what am I supposed to do now? But maybe oh. I'm wrong. Maybe he'll do something more with it. But, um, but I think the fact that we're getting that and that it feels like it's a more story driven show, um, than maybe dynamite is sometimes, you know, um, 
I think that could be really, bode really well. And if that's the two different vibes we get, we get the wrestling show on Wednesday and we get the, the storyline show on, on Friday. That's kind of in my head how I kind of thought it was going to work. Not that there's not going to be good wrestling on, on, sorry, I said Friday on, um, uh, on, uh, Saturday, but you know, well, I guess it is going to be on Friday this week, right? But, um, or is it Thursday? It's on a weird day this week, isn't it? Something like that. Like, I, I think the dates I was looking at are wrong. Yeah. I'm, I'm assuming it's still Saturday, that- but. Is, that might be right. Let me let me. Okay, you know what? Fuck it. Yeah, we're still maybe. we're still recording. Let's look it up. Why not? AW Collision. Like where? Episode where is it even going to be? Um, I guess just look up AW tickets in a way. Maybe yeah, Collision tickets. So yeah, taping. It's Thursday, June 29th. Yeah, it must just be like they couldn't get Saturday for some reason this week or whatever. That seems kind of yeah. weird, but. Yeah, they do that with Rampage. So they might, it must not be like what they have on Wednesday where they have that time slot always. And even Dynamite has to, was Dynamite ever had to move for anything? No, um. They did a Tuesday night Dynamite once, didn't they? No, we've had Saturday night Dynamites. Yeah. Yeah, Okay. So if, yeah, I guess that's just modern television then. Okay. That's fair. Yeah. It just, I was, I was, I was surprised, but I wasn't like super shocked because they do it with Rampage obviously a lot. So, you know, but yeah. Um, so. Yeah, keep an eye out for that, guys. And we'll be back next week where we'll be talking some more uh, some more wrestling. So you guys take care. Brush your hair. We got the new Superman. And, uh, yep, GG. Yo, happy retirement, Octane, bro. GG's, boys.